Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of our Mercer County podcast. And my name is Rusty Ruggles. And with the induction of Brian Dennison into the Hall of Fame this weekend, I have had this idea for a while to get some folks together to talk about Brian's legacy here at Mercer County and his life and what he was interested in. And um, I think it's turned out pretty good, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, let's get to the details here. Uh, he will be inducted to the Hall of Fame on Friday, January 21st with a celebration of his life beforehand, and that will be in the library here at Mercer County High School. That will start at 5 o'clock and go until 7, and then we'll go into the gym and do that. Um, like I said, I've had this idea for a while trying to put together some groups, and, and I just want to say this. I, I did this myself, and I know that I'm missing people, and I think that just is a test, testament to Brian and how many people he's he's reached in his life. And when you say, why didn't you get a hold of me? I'm sorry. I only had so much time. And I had, I reached out to the people who was close here at school and I just wanted to focus on the school stuff. Um, and some of his, you know, early athletic things. So, you know, when I post this, if you'd like to put, um, a memory in the comments of, of Brian, you're more than welcome to do so. And, uh, I think I've got like eight segments here of different people that were involved in Brian's life from athletics to being the athletic director to track to PE to all this stuff. So, and I hope you enjoy it because I think some of it has really turned out pretty well. Um, Brian came to us in Mercer County, I think in 2003 and uh, was a dear friend of mine and we had lunch together for 10 or 15 years. And when you have lunch with somebody and you guys that work in your work spots know that you get, you know, that little half an hour, you get to know each other's families. Our boys were the same age and uh, we had a lot of fun together and it was a lot of fun to work with him. Um, so again, I want everybody to just kind of sit back and relax and, and enjoy some of the memories uh, of Brian and um, it'll be a lot of fun. So thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. We are in our Remembering Brian Dennison podcast. And I have with me right now, I have Gary Hurd with me. Gary, how are you? Just fine. <laughs> We're laughing because we just recorded about five minutes of this and I didn't press the record button. So it's going to be so good this time, you know. So I've, I've asked Gary to be a part of this because I know Gary was, uh, he started teaching at Westmore in 1978. And he was a coach of Brian. And that's right, Gary. I'm correct on that, right? Yes. Yeah. In football. Yeah, you coach Brian in football. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, Brian coming up. And you were you coached, you know, JV and varsity probably. And talk a little bit about what position he played and how he was for you. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I came to Westmore in 78. And uh, uh, I taught driver's ed and health. And I coached three sports. But I started as junior high football coach, and I think Brian was like one year away from starting junior high football. But uh, then I moved to Fresh Soft, and that was when he was playing junior high football. So we knew what we had at the junior high program, and we knew who Brian was. 
And then I became the varsity coach in the early 80s. And uh, Brian and basically everybody else played varsity football for us at Westmere, even if you were a freshman or a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Because had a number issue and we didn't have enough players. So he uh, pretty much stepped right into a varsity role with several other guys as uh, freshmen and sophomores. That's awesome. And coached him up through his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really great. And you said that he played defensive end for you, right? Yeah, he played uh, offensive line. He played defensive end. I even tried him at fullback a little bit because of his size, but he was uncomfortable with that. So offensive line and defensive end is where he really shone. Right. Um I know that we've repeated ourselves, but I still I want to talk a little bit about your scheduling. And you played Alito. You would pick random teams within the conference because you had to fill out your schedule, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a time in the Olympic Conference, I believe, where Knoxville and Amidon dropped out, went to another conference. For, so for a couple of years, we had to double up and play each other to fill our schedules. They hadn't really started that. Uh, playoff systems yet in the independent role. So we ended up drawing Orion twice and Alito twice in a particular year. And that was during Brian's uh, sophomore year. Right. And you beat Alito twice that year, correct? Yes, we did. And you said it. Before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You that meant, go ahead. Year, sorry. That was the year that Westmer beat Alito twice. And, uh, in fact, I can remember my wife, Anita, was on the sidelines pregnant with our first child, Matthew, and we were all standing in a ton of water <laughs> up at Alito's Field. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we beat them, and there was a huge crowd on both sides, and you'd have thought we won the Super Bowl. But Brian was a major part of that one. I bet he was. Um, I, You know, those rivalries we've lost through the years, you know, whether it's Alito and Westmer, Alexis and Alito and all that. And it's fun to get to play those again, you know, and hopefully someday, of course, with the consolidations, they kind of disappear and new ones form. Um, talk a little bit about coaching Brian and, you know, I would imagine, I mean, he had to have loved football. I mean, that was his passion. I mean, coaching him had to have been a pretty easy thing to do. Yeah, he was, uh, uh, he, he, he grew up in a farming family. And uh, my, his mom and dad were wonderful, and his sisters, Jill Dennison. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of his size uh, and the fact that he was a country boy and he was in pretty good shape and strong build, he, he did well at sports. He played football, then basketball, and he be, went on to be a great shot and discus thrower, went to state almost every year, and he I uh, can't recall when, but he, he, he meddled at state in shot and discus, I believe. Yep. There's maybe two, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, coaching him uh, at a young age, he was, uh, even though he was the biggest kid in his class and physically you would expect him to, you know, like be a real terror on the offensive line. He still was a young boy. Right. And he, and he had to grow into his size. His maturity wasn't quite there yet and his confidence, but it came along well. So he listened, he listened well to everything he was uh, told. In fact, I, I, I do have a funny story about Brian, he, and I told it to him to his face anyway. His first game as a freshman, we played Yorkwood, and it was a very hot evening that August, or that, yeah, that August, and Yorkwood was on their way to a state championship, and they only beat us 8-6. to six. But uh, after about first quarter of play, Brian came over to me, and he says, I got to get out, coach. I just feel terrible. And I grabbed him by the face mask, and I – basically gave him some wise work. 
And about that time, he turned away from me, and he just vomited right through his mouth. <laughs> he, he wasn't feeling very well, was he? <laughs> I think he was so nervous and so scared that we were playing a state-caliber team and doing well. He, he vomited through his face mask. Luckily, I could see the color in his eyes coming. So I got out of the way. When he was all done, I said, are you finished? He goes, yeah. I said, now get back in there. <laughs> That's funny. That's he funny. would he'd laugh at it again, but uh, I, he and I talked about that moment many times. Yeah, I bet. Now, one of the things that I've experienced with Brian on the golf course or even bowling together is that he was, a, he was pretty competitive. Yes. You know, it didn't matter what we were doing. He wanted to win. And even watching a game with him, you know, he was a dire or a, a you know diehard uh, Bears fan or anything like that. He was competitive. Yep, he was. Yeah, and that you know translates on the field with working hard and doing all that stuff. Um, mm. So you taught you told me that you did health and drivers ed at Westmer, right? Yep. Um, one I of had the drivers ed class. Okay. Well, I remember having a conversation with Brian and talking about you had a a pretty big impact on him because, you know, that's why he did the things that he did, I think, in terms of like being a coach and and PE Mm -hmm. teacher and all that. And he, you know, brought you up quite a bit when we talked about it because when we'd go to Bears games, we had a lot of things to talk about. So, you know, you look back on your career, Gary, and and all the people that you influenced in your life or, you know, sometimes you don't know, you know, who you influenced, but you certainly did on Brian for sure. Well, that makes me... That makes me feel better because when he he went on to college and then when he graduated he uh, he went to some different positions and he talked to me a little bit about you know being a coach and maybe wanting to be an administrator and uh, you know in his in his athletic director days uh, there at Alito uh, I got to know him a little bit more during uh, coaching when Matthew played football and. Uh, I got to know him a little bit. When we went to conference meetings and stuff, Brian would uh, Brian would be there, and we'd go out and play golf. And I'm a terrible golfer, hate the sport. <laughs> play best ball, and, uh, and I'd beg Brian just to take me as his partner, and he hated it. About all I could do was chip and putt. He did everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was always a good time to play with. That's for sure. That's for yeah. sure. Um, do you have any other stories about Brian before I let you go, or you, um, is that about it? Well, he um, I, I, he was an easy person to teach driver's ed to because as most rural kids. Yeah, they've, they've already been, been driving, yeah. Probably been driving trucks since they were five or six years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was real easy to go at uh, uh, driver's ed, and uh, it wasn't much of a hardship <laughs> on the road. But, uh, no, I just do remember him. He was very polite in school. I mean, towards his senior year, I was gone at that time. I had already gone down to Roseville. And, no, it was he graduated 86. Yeah, he did graduate when I was still there. I didn't go to Roseville as principal to 93. But uh, he he really was a polite young man. He But when he got on the basketball floor, he'd get a little huffy and puffy and pushing and shoving because that's the nature of the sport. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, great, great stuff, man. I enjoyed his family and his sister Jill was a wonderful person and did some great shot and discus. And Brian was a major part of her success, helping me coach her right. and helping. So uh, Jill went on and followed her in her brother's footsteps. So he had a lot of impact on a lot of people also. And I, you know, it was, it was shocking when he passed and it's just, it takes a long time to understand why that happens to such a young person. But yeah. 
uh, we, we move on and we have fond memories of it. Yeah. And that's why we're doing this and we appreciate your time. Um, you know, trying to get some closure on all this stuff with Brian and having a lot of people talk to us about him and doing what he's doing. So we appreciate your time, Gary, today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's some new music for us. Uh, this is going to be our first, the segment that we're doing for the Remembering Brian Dennison um, podcast that we'll be doing special for the induction of Brian Dennison into the Hall of Fame on June 21st on Friday. And with me right now is Jim Taylor. Jim, how are you doing? I am doing great. You said June 21st. I know you want oh the warm gosh. weather. It's January 21st. I'm not a pro like you. I screw up dates yeah. right away. So January 21st, it's a Friday, and they'll be inducting Brian Dennison into the Hall of Fame. And, Jim, you've been, you know, around here for a long time, and I know that And Brian moved back into the area in 97, I believe, to go coach in Galesburg. Um, did you do much interviews with him when he coached at Galesburg? I did not. I, I You know, I didn't. My friendship in my relationship really didn't start with him until he came back to, uh, the Alito school district. Uh, I don't know. That's the two thousands or the nineties because it all runs together and, and time flies. But that's when I built a relationship with him is when he took over, uh, as Alito AD. Right. And I believe that was 2003. I'm, we're trying to go back and get all this stuff together. Um, I know that, you know, when he was athletic director, um, it, it was sometimes difficult for him because he loved coaching so much too, you know, and, and loved being with the kids and doing all that stuff. Um, but obviously, you know, we, we had the consolidation right off the bat. You know, it seemed like we started talking about that so much early. Um, tell me a little bit about what, like what you thought about the consolidation and Brian's involvement in that. Well, and I think he was, you know, kind of had the perfect identity for that. You know, a guy that was, an administrator then at Alito, but uh, grew up in the western portion of the, the county, and and he knew, you know, with the enrollment issues and just the the demographics of the the county. When you talk about declining population or declining enrollment, and concern over tax base and making sure kids have, you know, adequate programs and can compete in today's environment, and I think he had to be uh, proud of of the end result. Uh, you know, we. We, I think the tradition has been built young, you know, early in the, this school district and people are proud to be Mercer County Golden Eagles. And I, I think, you know, Brian bears some of that uh, credit and responsibility of, of help leading, of help us, helping us, you know, on that path to make sure that the thing's going to work. And, and one of the main ways that it works is through athletics and activities. So I'm not just talking about sports. I'm talking about, you know, everything that's involved in a, a new, new school district. And he, he was a big part of that uh, early on. He was. And, you know, you had your committee at 10 that was working on stuff. And then you had, when we got real serious about it, I mean, you think about all the things that needed to be ordered. I mean, from my point of view, we had, you know, the band uniforms and all this stuff and new school song and all this stuff. And then Brian was just constantly ordering things, you know, and looking at new logos and, and it was just endless, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, the, the scheduling and the conference stuff and the, you know, the, the coaching assignments and the coaching hirings and in dealing with all that, 
you know, that that's not easy. And you mentioned the uniforms and things like that. And and then, you know, facility use and, and all of that that goes into it with basically a new school district and a new identity. And when you, you brought that up, man, I, you, you think about, you know, ordering all of those new uniforms so for the much. first time and yeah. working with a budget and doing all that uh, type of stuff. And then, you know, you talk about, you know, the facility stuff and, I know he's not the only one that's involved in that, but you're talking about, you know, the logos and the school colors in all the buildings where you're, you know, changing out from, you know, green and, and white and Alito and then the, the blue and red in, in Westmore and making sure it's blue and gold and we have the new identity. Yes. And that's been thir- 12 years. Our first consolidated year was 2009. So that would be, 12 or 13. I think it's 12. It's been a long time. Yeah. No, it's over. yeah doesn't seem that like long ago, you know, man. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about, you know, Brian, as, as you, you were setting this up and doing this, and I think it's great that the school district is doing this. You know, I don't know if you call it irony or what you call it, but Brian, you know, we have a hall of fame because of a guy named Brian Dennis. That's who correct. Said, hey, this is a yep. good idea to honor this. And I, am so the one thing for me, well, it's bittersweet. I, I'm so glad he's being honored, Yep. but I'm, I'm a bit sad that he, now he's in here. He, he'll be with us in spirit, but he's not here on earth, you know, participating in this. And I know, uh, the type of personality he had, uh, he, he wouldn't feel that he was probably deserving of this honor right. or if you know what I mean, yep. uh, you know, because he wasn't about that. But I just wish he was here uh, to get this honor. And, you know, he deserves so much credit in, uh, you know, forming this Hall of Fame. And I always like Brian. The one thing I liked about him, man, because you know it and I know it. You know, when we when this Hall of Fame started, it, it was, you know, it wasn't always about who got in. Right. <laughs> it was it was always somebody whining about who didn't get it. And right. we're talking about, you know, the early phases of this thing. And I remember a conversation I, I was part of with Brian and I appreciate him because, you know, he's out in front and he's taking the arrows for everybody else. Yes. Is that, a, that that's on the committee? Yep. And I, I remember he told the person, he's like, man. He's like, this is the first year of this thing. You, you, you expect everybody to, to get in? I mean, it's just the first year. And it's, it, you know, how it's evolved from the Alito School District to, to the Mercer County School District. You know, it, and I, too, b- believe, yeah, of course, there are people that are deserving to be in the Hall of Fame, probably in the Mercer County School District that have, you know, had Alito roots or Westmore roots that aren't in yet. But I can tell you eventually they'll get in. And if yeah. you look at the resume of the people that are in, right. Yep. You, if you say you, you want to be proud and brag about the, the school district and the history of the, these, the two former schools, look at the halls of the, or look at the walls of the Mercer County high school hall of fame. And, and I'm speaking on Brian's behalf and I'd say I rest my case yeah. because that's what we did to, to do this. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased that, that, that it's his legacy like I said, I'm bummed that he's not here uh, to participate and see it. And I, I, I really loved his wit and his humor. That's the one thing, such a dry humor and oh, the, yeah. the randomness, the randomness of it. And that's what I miss the most because I didn't talk to Brian on a regular basis. But, uh, you know, I interacted with him a lot with, with high school sports and he'd listen to the station a lot. And it'd be so weird where, 
I'd be broadcasting a game, and then I just I just get like a random, you know, text with some <laughs> funny thing or funny observation. He was listening. He to would home. have, it, it, yeah, and I just love it, and that's what I really miss from him because I still on my my phone I have the messages that he sent, you know, fr- from the archive, and I just chuckle at some of the things that uh, uh, he he was funny he, man. <laughs> yeah, he would text, and and I know so many people out there have stories. Uh, like that, and his wit on the sideline when he coached football, I, the, the two years I played, you know, I did I did sidelines for that with you, I'm Jay right. Shaw's yeah. close to hearing his, just some of the things he, he would say, he, he just had this, uh, oh, it's just, his communication style was just one, and it, it was something to behold if you got to be around him. I, I just, that's what I really missed too, because he, he really had a great personality. Now, were you on the committee for the the, the Hall of Fame right in the beginning? from the get-go when it was Alito? Yes. Yes, yeah. I was. And I can't, and, uh, I, don't Brian, think, I don't think I was. I think I was later on. I can't remember. Or maybe I was. But you and yeah, I were I was, on it for 10-some years. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about, I always appreciated Brian. And I think coaches can speak on this, too, that as an athletic director, you know, in those early days, he was out front, man. So he took, yes, he, 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 he protected the coaches in the school district and he got in the middle of, you know, he was the front line get, getting in front of some of those delicate positions where maybe a coach was involved. But he, he acted like the administrator he was. He's the athletic director out there, mm-hmm. you know, protecting that, that head coach or student athlete or whatever. And I always – because that's a tough job. It is. And I always difficult. appreciated that about Brian too. And, and then, you know, some of the discipline things that he would have to handle at games where, you know, if he saw something that, you know, wasn't right, whether it was a, you know, one of our students doing it or one of the other students was doing it or one of our fans was yeah. doing something and one of the other fans was doing it. He was, you know, he said, Hey, well, if I, if I want to, if, if I have to be the peacemaker of this thing, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the peacemaker. And by me being the peacemaker, that means you leaving. Right. So I always appreciated that. <laughs> I always appreciated that too. Well, he's a big dude too. So if he tells me to yeah. leave, I'm probably going to do it. Yeah. Well, and you you brought you brought up a big point too, and I think a lot of people, Rusty will will, will you know, it, it needs to be stated or overstated that that I think we all need closure on this. And you yeah. you brought up about you know pandemic. Uh, didn't get a proper visitation. I know Brian's buried in Keysburg, but you know, in terms of celebrating someone, you know, that, that provides some, some closure for the family too, and some acknowledgement from the people who really love Brian and like Brian. And I, and I, and I'm glad we can do it, Yeah. you know, at this event on uh, January the, the 21st, because I know he meant a lot to a lot of different people in what I, I, I really dig about Brian. I'm not talking just about, you know, the, the male student athlete, but the female student athletes as well, because the strength and conditioning was such a big deal. And uh, I know Tess, my daughter, wasn't a track athlete, uh, but she played basketball. And I know Brian talked to me at nauseum about, you know, strength and conditioning and how important that is for the, you know, female student athlete. And I really appreciated that because he was invested in that. And I know his track and field coaching uh, on the girls' side was paramount and I know a lot of the student athletes you know that they speak so highly of him there and then you know you, you talk to the kids that played football at Alito in, in Mercer County uh, ask them what they think about 
Brian Dennison. And let's be honest, you know, it's not easy coaching that sport in this town sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, but most of the kids I've always talked to about Brian, when you ask them about, you know, Hey, what your, your memories or, you know, your favorite coach, a lot of them will say, you know, Brian Dennison meant a lot to me and, and I loved his style and I loved his coaching. And like I said, it, it wasn't always easy coaching football in this town. And right. many coaches can say that. And he, I mean, he put everything he had into that, whether it was, I remember how much work he put into the hall of fame right in the beginning. Cause man, that was a sit down dinner. You know, we all got dressed up and we all did that. And, you know, you know, cooking out for the softball tournaments on the weekends and he'd go all out on the food. Um, you know, now the body conditioning and getting that whole area worked together and all the work he put into that. I mean, he put, you know, all his effort into that cause he really cared about what was going on. And then he'd get fired up too, man. I mean, you oh, yeah, being on the sidelines, yeah. you saw that plenty of times probably. Yeah. yeah, His animation was great. And like I said, his, his communication style was great. The other thing people, and I think most people can attest to this too, that knew him. He, he's, he's a great, he was a great storyteller in yes. terms of like yeah. the adjectives he would use to set up something. If he was telling you a story, now he'd tell you maybe the same story a couple times, but they always were pretty good. And his description was always so vivid too. And I always appreciated that about him when you would talk to him about whatever, you know, most of my conversations I admit were, were about high school sports or, right. you know, the bears with, with his love for them. And, um, uh, you know, the Iowa Hawkeye football stuff, you know, he was such a big fan of, of him. So, yeah, so I, I, you know, that's why the, the memories of him are great. And I know a lot of people will have great stories about Brian, but I, I, you know, the closure thing is the big thing that you brought up off the air that I think is yeah. so important. And I'm, I'm glad we get to celebrate that for his family. Cause I'll, come on, man, Jacob Dennison, right? His <laughs> yeah. son and, and, Carl and Carl Dennison yeah. and, and Ma and mm-hmm. Monica. And then it's great. He's going in the hall of fame and uh, you know, his sister's in there, Joe, yeah. I know it's, it's such a big moment uh, for the family and it means a lot to them. And, and th- that's the thing. I mean, for, for what they experienced, in such a tragic loss, you know, during the early stage of that pandemic, I, I mean, still remember that news so vividly when I thought, nah, this is just a rumor that's yeah, getting I was the same way. no way that yeah. happened. Yeah. And then you, you hear that. And, and like I said, a lot of people were able to reach out, you know, in that time to, to Monica and the family, but not, you know, like you can in the normal days when there's not a pandemic. And like I said, put closure and, and go to a visitation or a celebration of life or a funeral. So, yeah. You know, we're going to, this is great. We're going to celebrate this guy's life in Mercer County. That's right. It's a big deal, right? That's correct. Well, listen, Jim, I appreciate your time today. I knew you'd have some great comments about Brian working with him on all different areas and things like that. And we're going to have some more segments here coming up with uh, the podcast. And uh, we want you to kind of hang on and we'll hear some more areas about uh, Brian Dennison. Remember that his induction is on January 21st. And come on down and remember Brian. All right, everybody, our next segment with remembering Brian Dennison. And I've been excited about this one for a long time. We have special guests. Tom Hassan, in-house. Tom, how's it going? Hello, I'm doing, doing really well. Thanks. Okay, and Kelly Welter's on the phone. Coach, how's it going? 
I'm doing well. Thanks, Rusty. That is great. It's been a while since we've been able to talk, and I know that we keep in contact every once in a while, but we're here talking about Brian, and he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame next week, which we're really happy about on January the 21st. And if you guys want to, I mean, if this is to everybody that listens, you know, if you want to come down, they're going to do kind of like a visitation type memorial thing in the auditorium at five o'clock, which we haven't gotten to do because it was during COVID. So that's good. So if you want to come down and do that and see the family, um, he was your guys's athletic director, correct? Yes. Correct. So like in, he came, I think I got my dates right. Like in 2003, it was after we had won the first two state titles and then he came in 2003 as the athletic director, right? That's oh, right. actually, he was here in uh, 2002 because um, we actually, yeah, he, I'm, I'm sure he was here in the fall of 2002. I think that was his first year. Oh, here. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I get my years messed up from the fall mm-hmm. coming around because right. of football. Um, yeah. Pretty good to work with as an athletic director, right, guys? Yeah, I, I got along with him great. Yeah. You know? and he just, he, he loved football, I know that. So, I know. I mean, well, he likes sports, but uh, he liked football too, so... Did he yeah. try to input anything, Coach, to, like, what you should do or anything <laughs> like that? You know, he he didn't, but he was always um, willing to talk. He was always, you know, always there. If if uh, he, he understood what it was like to be a head head coach, period. You know, he's head football coach for a number of years. And, right. And uh, at different places. Um, he was down in Georgia as assistant coach and then obviously at Galesburg for a while. And, and um he never, no, he never really put any kind of pressure on me um, as far as, you know, what we're doing. But right. he was always willing to talk, and he understood the, the sort of the pressures of being a coach. So he was, was just a good sounding board at times. Maybe a therapist for you, coach? Yeah, you can yeah. say that because you'd sure. get maybe stressed out a little bit sometimes. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. He, I, one of the things that's been a common subject of all of our little segments is his knowledge of the game. Like, he really knew a lot about football. Yeah, I, I thought he did too. I mean, all the time he would – well, he'd always bring up something if he's in Georgia or whatever a couple of times. I remember we gave up some uh, rushing yards one time to a, a back, and uh, I was like, man, I can't believe we gave up that many yards. He goes, hey, don't worry about it. Uh, Jamal Lewis, who played for the Ra- uh, right? Ravens, yeah. whatever, he goes, coach against him. He goes, hey, we only gave up 300 and gave up four <laughs> touchdowns to him. So I think we're good. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Um, that was the thing about him. Uh, you know, he was very, he was very knowledgeable. He was very self-deprecating. And I, I, uh, I felt like, you know, when he did eventually join our staff, I know we'll talk about that, but I felt like he's the type of guy that he could have coached any position. You know, I, I've been coaching for 30 years and I don't, I don't think I could coach any position. I felt like Brian was that knowledgeable. And, and one little story about that is first year here, we had just won state and we were going to the, the, play Carthage in the in the state championship that year in 2002 and and his background is wing T you know he was um he coached under one of the sort of the premier high school wing T coaches in Georgia a guy had written a lot of books about the subject and and Brian was very familiar with it so uh he sat down with us uh the week of of Carthage and you know just really gave us his insights on the wing T and, and to, to help us kind of see, you know, where we wanted to go as far as trying to defend it. And, and the funny thing is, is, is he just told Tom was, you know, we, we, that was a shootout, right? So uh, he was very knowledgeable, but in that game, uh, we did give up uh, a reasonable amount of yards. And he's like, well, I guess that was really worth it. I mean, just to show the <laughs> self-deprecating side of him, you know, he's like, I right, that, that was really helpful. Huh? And it was, it was extremely helpful. It's just, they were very good, you know, but, uh, but he was very knowledgeable, but also, as I said, uh, um, very humble about his knowledge. What was the, the final score of that game? Was pretty high. 
4140. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. But it's still good to know that information. Yeah. You know, everybody's oh, got a story yeah. about a game or something's yeah. told by some coach or whatever. Here, why don't you try this? And it ends up working out, yeah. you know, super well. Yeah. So what year did he start? He Was was he on the staff then? Do you? Um, yeah. So I was trying to think because, and coach, maybe you can help me with this. Yeah. I He started off as, um, to show his versatility, I, I, he started off, I believe, as a running backs coach for us. And then when Coach Thompson retired after Kane graduated, I, that's when Brian moved over to line coach, I believe. Yeah, I think um, that's right. So, yeah. so it's like the last three or four years that Coach and I were together, he was there. And then I don't know if he coached right away with Coach Zunkel or if he – you know, if he took a year off and then got back into it, I know I, I used to talk to him on the phone after I'd, I'd left and just, you know, about things. And, uh, I, you know, I, I know he obviously got back in cause he was the offensive coordinator for the team that won state and, and obviously did a great job right. there. But to answer your question, yeah, I, last three or four years with us, I'm pretty sure that's, that's what, when he was with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About right, Tom. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. Fun to coach with. Yeah, 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 there was a lot of good stuff there. Uh, <laughs> probably can't say a whole lot of different things on there, but uh, you guys, I mean, if you have personality profiles of the three of you together, you're all really different. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, because you know, some of the guys have stories about Brian getting fired up. Oh, yeah, but those stories might equal yeah. a Cully Welter getting fired up. That's true, but yeah. but a Tom Hassan getting fired up. No, I was always calm, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I, I think yeah, you're yeah. right. Everybody got along. I mean, that's the thing about coaching different people and, and coaching with other folks. We we all kind of got along, you know, along with the kids differently. Yeah. You know, and that's all. That's good. Uh-huh. I mean, I think that is what is keeps people going. Because so. kids, kids will listen to different ways that it's told to them. Yeah. You know, you got the kids you can yell at. You got the kid you can't yell at. You got the kid that just needs spoken to softly, you know, all different stuff, all different stuff. Um, And and had pretty successful years with him on the staff. Obviously, you know, we kept making playoffs and doing all that, which is good. Yeah, he was a great addition to our staff. You know, as an athletic director, we talked about, you know, he he was, he was a good athletic director. And and as coach said, you know, he loved football, but he was, he was very fair. I felt like to all sports and he was very dedicated. I felt just very, committed to Alito in general. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I think sometimes I got lost, um, but, uh, you know, then to add his knowledge and his dedication, he was very detailed. I mean, I, I remember, I just remember him constantly writing things down and constantly exiting and Owen. And, you know, uh, I remember him telling me when he was at Galesburg, you know, Galesburg is a tough place to coach, you know, and, uh, I mean, he's sleeping, he's sleeping in his office, you know, overnight, you know, <laughs> you know, because he's just, he was a grinder. He really was. And, uh, and I had a lot of respect for what he put into it, you know, and, a, and a, as a position coach, um, sometimes you don't feel like maybe you have as much responsibility, but he, he was very accountable to, to, to the team and, and to his players and just extremely dedicated. Like I said, he, he was a grinder. Yeah. Now, Tom, you brought a sheet of paper. You're prepared. A little bit, <laughs> yeah. Just just, uh, just small little tidbits about him, and most of it's not even about football. So that's, yeah, well, that's... <laughs> we can. We've talked a lot about that. Now, I Brian was a dear friend of mine, as he was with all yeah. of us, and he was a lot of fun to work with. Um, 
Give me something that's on your paper, Tom. What do you got there? Well, I tell you, I, I, well, that's on there. The the thing that I, he was a good cook. I mean, oh yeah, he would he would tailgate at different, well, the Bears and and uh, even Illinois or Iowa game. I mean, he mm-hmm. would do those tailgates. Well, the one that I really remember for him is that he took my dad and myself up to a Bears game, a preseason game, and uh, we were eating and doing you know eating all this stuff, food and all those things, and having water and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he uh, he asked my dad. He said, "Hey, you guys want some bread pudding? You know, to, before we go in and whatever." And dad goes, "Oh no, no, no! I'm not eating any of that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. whatever." And Brian goes, "I'm gonna tell you, it's the best bread pudding around." <laughs> and dad goes, "Nah, I don't really eat that." And and Brian goes, "Well, I'm gonna tell you, the secret ingredient is uh, Krispy Kreme donuts." And that was <laughs> it. My dad grabbed it, and I'm telling you, I didn't ever see anybody eat it so Sold. fast. <laughs> so then, from then on, when dad come to the games and he'd see Brian, he's like. Man, that was the best bread pudding I've ever had, you know. And he goes, <laughs> but it's all Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah. And he was on a sugar high, I think. So, uh, like I said, he was just so good at, at uh, his tailgate, and he loved those things, too, and entertaining yeah. people to those. Coach, he took you and your dad to a couple games, didn't he? Coach, oh, me? Yeah, Coach Welter. He took me, yeah, not my dad, but he oh, took okay. me. And I, I, I was same, thinking the same thing as Coach Hass. And I, I, going back to what a detailed person, I mean, he had everything figured out. Yes. On those. I was, I was amazed. I was like, man, that is a lot of work. And uh, I was, I was grateful to be along for the ride. I was glad I didn't have to do the preparations. But boy, I respected everything he did, and he, he was good at it, just like a lot of things. I told this uh, these people that are listening to this podcast. I'm going to tell this story again. I got to go with him. I think I was low on the list of being invited on the games. But so there was a game, they played the Falcons on a Monday night and Michael Vick, that was when Michael Vick was quarterback. And it was like, the high was like negative 25. Oh. It was so cold. And you know, those blast heaters that they've got, the, um, that the mm-hmm. construction guys use. Oh, yeah. Well, I was standing next to it cause I was so freaking cold and it melted my boot <laughs> laces together into one huge mass of plastic so I couldn't get my boots off. Like Brian goes, Hey, you better step away from that. And I'm looked down and it's just all one massive plastic. And he gave me a hard time about that for a long time. Don't stand yeah, too close to the heater, buddy. Yeah. 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 yeah he, didn't, he didn't skip a chance to, to give you a hard time or any of us a hard time. If you uh, had the opportunity either. He, he no. was that way as well. I, I was fearful of it. A lot of times yeah. Amber bought me a new pair of jeans, these silver things. And I don't know. She just says, I think you should wear these pair of jeans. Well, they got little decorations in the pockets, right? I'm like, this is after you guys were gone. And okay. I, so I'm, I'm a little reluctant to wear them. So I wear them and we got a faculty meeting at the end of the day. And I got through the whole day and I'm walking down to the faculty meeting and Brian shouts down from the end of the hallway. He goes, hey, Ruggles, glad you wore your wife's jeans today. <laughs> yeah. And I, he, he got me. He dinged me one yeah. last time. Um, you yeah. guys, did you guys all go down to the coaching thing down in Champaign together sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was always a good time. I mean, people were going to clinics and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, coach always went to the clinics. Thing. Right. Coach Brian Walter. I, yeah. Brian and I would go to Bible study a lot of times too <laughs> when we were there. But so he had to come find us sometimes. Right. But, uh, coach yeah. Welter could have been a babysitter yeah. at some point in time. Yeah, it, I'm sure he was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
What else do you There's got one there? One time, Coach Welter left early. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the he was maybe a little annoyed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he had something to do. <laughs> yeah, he had to get home. Yeah, he yeah. had to go on with yeah. his life. Is what he had to do. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, be darn. <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me, you guys, that it has been what twelve years? Thirteen. That you guys have been gone. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I know that yeah. you guys are doing great in your respective gigs, and I keep grinding out here. Yeah. But God dang it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so much fun. Well, that was the thing. Yeah. You know? And, and when I did leave, and but being around this close, I always look forward to seeing Brian. At yeah. The, at the track meets. Mm-hmm. You know, he, we would, our big, our rocket invites and different things that are over there at Rock Ridge, he, he would always come to that, you know, and we'd stand after the field events would be done because he'd be coaching those and we'd stand in the middle of the field and just kind of, yeah, you know, just, just talk, you know, yeah. and I, you know, those are the things that you miss that yeah. I really enjoyed to I do that, uh, you know, when we have a meet again, it's just like, he's not there to shoot the breeze with. So. I know. Now coach Welter, his knowledge of football equaled his knowledge of track and throwing and all that stuff. Yeah, he was, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of time around him from track, but he, you know, he did coach with us and he was extremely knowledgeable. He was, a, I mean, I don't know, I sure, I know people around there know what a great athlete he was in high school. You know, yes. He was a three-sport athlete, was an all-century player at North Central, was a football player, but I mean, I mean, he threw the shot, I think 56 feet, I mean, back then. I mean, yep. he, he was very good, but he was also, but that's the thing, he was also very knowledgeable and, and he was very good at imparting that knowledge to kids. He was a teacher. Uh, as well as a coach and yeah my last my last good conversation with him was at the state track meet. I I can still picture standing on the track it was yeah. just you know you say it's been 13 years but uh, I know coach and I both have such great fond memories of of our time there our time you know friendship with you friendship with yeah. Brian and it was just a really good time to sit there and talk with him uh, at the state track meet and uh, glad I got that opportunity and it doesn't matter that you're gone for however many mm-hmm. years you I mean you just pick up from where you left right, off yeah ask about yeah. the kids whatever Always keep did, going yeah. you know and that's how it's supposed to be uh yeah. uh god tough <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah what else you got there tom i know you got a couple other things well, i do i do have a few things here so, well here again his love for the bears and the and the hawkeyes yeah i mean just mm-hmm. something else and but the hawkeyes i remember he he invited me to a ball game out there and uh, Carl came with and uh, and I guess I came with and Carl right. was going but anyways he had he had to have those uh, Iowa Hawkeye uh, suspenders that oh yeah that black and gold things yeah. Yeah. and Brian goes don't get offended he's got to wear these and you know <laughs> and, 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 and just smile and and so happy that he had those you know Carl mm-hmm. had those he's on a great and, time. and had to go to the to the uh, the student section because mm-hmm. when he went out there for school and just so proud of that. And Brian goes, he had to have them, but he, he knows us. He's going to win the game because of them. Right. You know? And by golly, they did, you yep. know, and oh, the whole way home, he's just talking about it and just, mm-hmm. uh, just, just love those, those suspenders or whatever they got. And, and it was just kind of a fun, fun time to go out there. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Now coach Walter, you probably didn't have any instances like this, but how did Brian deal with like upset parents and coaching and things like that? I mean, he always had you guys' back. I know that for sure. Yeah. You know, but I can't, that, those instances may not have come up very often for you. Yeah. You know, if, if they did, like you said, um, he was very, very good about taking care of the things that 
I didn't. It's kind of like Coach Hassan was that way on the sideline. Like if there were certain things that he knew would aggravate me, <laughs> he would go behind the, you know, sort of behind the scenes and make sure it got taken care of so it never got to me, you know. And I think that's the way Brian was as yeah, an athletic coach. You know, that, yeah. There's certain things uh, you obviously need to be made aware of, but, um, you know, he, you said it perfectly. You know, he did have our backs and he had all the coaches' backs. And, uh, I mean, he's very professional. He's just very good. He's very good at, at communication. Um, and, I, and that's what made him a really good athletic director and what made him a good, you know, coach and a, and a good friend, you know. And uh, so, yeah, um, I, I appreciated his role. Yeah. Um, you guys were around in the beginning of the consolidation. And I think one of the things that gets overlooked is the amount of work that Brian had to do during that time. Oh, yeah. Thankless work. Because a lot of people were upset about it yeah. at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was the best move for us to make, but he just kept going. All the stuff he had to order, all that stuff he had to do. Kelly, you remember like we were in on those mascot meetings, mm-hmm. yep. you know, trying mm-hmm. to figure out oh, that. God. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And how that That's could. a no-win situation. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, you yeah. can't be, you know, everybody said, what about the Alito or the Dragon Warriors? Yeah. No, you mm-hmm. can't do that. You have to be something new. Well, and, that's, and now that you brought that up, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. <laughs> oh, gosh. You just put that on there that when I would uh, write mine in, I would, because Freeburg is, is, is there the midgets or whatever, so yeah. I always thought so they could be the Mercer County midgets. And yeah. I remember Brian coming to me and goes, stop submitting that. You are the only person that is doing that. And I go, okay, thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just a chuckle. I go, oh, they, they made it to the – the vote and he goes no it didn't make to the vote <laughs> quit submitting it a lot of people don't know like and i kelly i don't know if you remember this but like the first eagle mascot that was brought up was the screaming eagles mm. and brian said no i'm gonna think about the tv coach 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 show all the time oh, yeah. you know because they oh, were this, right. yeah. and he was like no it can't beat the screaming eagles what about the golden eagles <laughs> so that's not bad but it's not a really a a bird that's around here. Yeah. I like it. Right. You know? And we just go from there, but we had the Cobras. Yep, we I had that. the, I brought the generals cause mm-hmm. Mercer yeah. County was named after right. a, a general. We had the river pirates yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the Knights. Yeah. the Knights yep. was another one. And Oh my gosh, that was, that was a stressful time. <laughs> You know, it was, and a lot of it fell on. I mean, he's and he linked to your leadership role. Obviously, a lot of it falls on you, but you're not going to make everybody happy, no matter what you do. And and I do think he took, but I think think he could handle that. You know, yes. he, that was the other thing about him that made him great for that role is he could he could handle criticism and 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 in a professional way, not let it get to him too much. And I respected him for that. I have a difficult time with that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes yeah. my mouth Most can't stay shut. Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, gosh. yeah. Tom, do you have anything else there on your sheet? Well, I have one more thing actually okay. and uh, that I wrote down <laughs> that, that was funny that I thought was uh when you were talking about him dealing with a discipline or something and you know going and i was out on driver's ed and and we had just gotten those aeds yeah oh good i'm glad you're telling this story and and and, uh and somebody i guess had already let that alarm off if you open up the door the the alarm sounds yeah well there was nothing in the the deal so i come back from driving and i come down there to (laughs) the gym and uh, i open it and it by golly, there is an alarm in there. It does go off, but there was nothing in it. So I shut it, and I'm not kidding you. 
he and I think his Mrs. Albert at the time, they come out of the office. I mean, just sprinting <laughs> down there after. And, like, and Brian's like, who did that? And he goes, did you see who did it? And I go, yep. He goes, well, who was it? And I go, well, that was me. <laughs> and he looks at me. And I mean, I know he wanted to swear something terrible at right. me. He right. just looks at me and goes, don't do it again. <laughs> One of those and walks away. And, and Mrs. Albert just right looks at me and just shakes her head. And I think it was Joe or somebody else that was down there and says, that, uh, well, a kid just did that. Right. And I went, oh, that would have been nice to know. Yeah. You he know, just whatever. Got done but reaming a kid for that. <laughs> yeah. So um, those AEDs, the, the alarm does go off. And uh, so, so don't open that unless you need to. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Hopefully you don't have to. Right. But now, nah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Coach Welter, do you got anything else before we sign off here? Uh, no, no, I appreciate you doing this. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to see that he's getting his due honor. Yeah, and, no uh, kidding. I, I, yeah, um, I think, like, because he created the Hall of Fame. You know, oh, he's yeah. the one that made it, too. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. you know, throughout the years and the bylaws and all that, and there's no one more deserving than him. No. You know, and so no. I think this is perfect. All right, guys. No, I, well, I agree. I appreciate both of you. Coach Welcher, thanks for making the time, especially Tom Hassan for driving down here for me today. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. All right, you guys take care. Did you think the music was just going to go on forever? No. no. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are with another segment of our Remembering Brian Dennison. And with us today, I'm really excited. I've got the legendary Mick Lauk <laughs> and the legendary Laura Swanson, who have worked with Brian many years doing track stuff, right? And Mick, what year did you student teach at Westmer? That had to have been in the 40s? No, it was actually <laughs> in 1986. And that was Brian's senior year? Yeah, yeah, this Spring of, yeah. So you got him right in track season then. Yeah. His prime of his track season. Yeah. And he was th he threw discus and threw shot. Mm -hmm. Tell me about, you saw him break that high school record, didn't you? Yeah. That was in, I believe it was Geneseo. And, uh, you know, Brian, a lot of guys back then threw like 50s, you know. Mm-hmm. And he throw, I don't know, 52, 53 sometimes. But, uh, yeah, uh, 57, 5. Yeah. Um, he really got into it. And he knew it, too. Right. I mean, he just felt it. He was like, that was a good one. got really big. It's <laughs> like, because we've seen it. The guy who was major was out there. And uh, all of a sudden, here comes a shot at him. He didn't know what to do. Because it's like, ooh. <laughs> like, whoa, 57-5. Yeah, it was incredible. That was just really. a regular meet. That wasn't a regional or a sectional. No, it was right. like, no. Right. Yeah. So that is the Westmer record. That's our, yeah. And then carried over for our record. Oh, awesome. That is yeah. great. So that's going to be tough to beat. Say, that is. Put it that way. Now, Laura, you graduated <clears throat> in 2006. Is that what you told me? Yes. With honors. Yeah. Yeah. And then you came to work with us in 2011, which we're all really proud of you coming back to work. Did you start coaching track right away? I did. Yeah. And so it was you. Was Brian coaching then? He was not. He was the athletic director. Still. Right. So when he finished being the athletic director, then he went back to coaching football, I think, and then track, right? 
Yeah. Or maybe yeah. not football right away, but went to track right away, I think. Yeah, yeah. 2014, 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. Tell me how tell me how the dynamic of the track team changed when Brian began coaching. Or I mean, I mean he was just basically doing the throwers, right? And you were doing the runners for both the girls and the boys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he became my assistant coach, and uh, he took a lot of pride in um, doing different things with the girls, especially. He put uh, together track breakfasts in the morning, and uh, each track breakfast that we had, we had four each season, and he would bring in a key like word or phrase each week uh, and really emphasize that to the girls. And he would also bring in a guest speaker for postseason stuff and um, something that had impacted um, either his career or some somebody in the community that was um, well-known, he would bring those people in to kind of give um, a motivational speech almost to the girls. And that was just something that it was his idea. He took that mm-hmm. under his wing. I didn't ask him to do that. And uh, that was just a different dynamic that I had never thought of. So give um, me an example of like a word like momentum or something um, like that. And then he'd have something around that word or yeah, whatever. Yep. Um, one of them he had, uh, we had one conference um, 2015, I believe. So the year after, he brought something that said "Defend Pratt," mm-hmm. um, and they talked about you know our success that we'd had the previous season, and mm-hmm. and just something he built around um, different words or phrases each week. So. Right, because these are some, some really successful track teams, right, Mick? I mean, oh yeah, 14, 15, 16 through there, a yeah. lot of state qualifiers yeah. and things like that. Those and guys, both mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. conference championships. That's a lot of fun when you got yeah. it rolling like that, yeah. and you got all the kids on board. Um, you know, Brian put a lot of work into the gym and the weight room area too. And, you know, the body conditioning became an important part. How do you two feel that that has affected tracksters, you know, in terms of weight training and all that? And uh, Mick, why don't you go ahead and address that again? Yeah, I mean, you know, opportunities to be able to have body uh, conditioning was huge. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to take time away from practice to go down and do it, you know, all the time. So that was really a bonus, you know, for us for sure. Yeah, because before the kids had to get up at 6, right, and come down and lift, and then have PE normally in the day. But with body conditioning, I don't have to do that, right? Uh, yeah, realistically speaking, most of the athletes take body conditioning throughout the day, so they don't. There, there is an opportunity to go after school, but... Uh, most of them take it during the school day. Right. I mean, I just remember what that area was when it was the wrestling room down there. And even when it wasn't the wrestling room and how it wasn't very nice. Mm. And then how it's been built up over the years. I mean, it wasn't very nice when you were in high school, was it, Laura? No. No. And then there's a lot of work there. You know, do you remember when they had to move that over to the wrestling building and then yeah. move it back? What a pain <laughs> that was. Yeah. It was huge. I was lucky not to be a part of that. And I know... Uh, <laughs> You know, when I use it for distance kids, that sometimes we'll have our feet up on the bench, <laughs> you know, doing decline push-ups right. or getting up doing our, our pull-ups, you know, just things for the runners. And afterwards, we made sure that we cleaned it. <laughs> there wasn't a footprint on it because if we did, then Brian would, mm-hmm. he would let me know the next day. So we made sure, I mean, he, he has pride in that. He wanted that thing clean. Brian was a particular type of guy. Yes, you didn't. You didn't leave it out of place. 
Now, you two have been out to eat with him a number of times, right? Right. Now, he's a little bit particular about his food. Yeah. And how yeah. it's served to him. <laughs> Do you, any of you have examples of any of that? Yeah, if it wasn't right, uh, he didn't want it. He didn't want it fixed. He didn't want to redo. Just forget it. What was the place in Champagne? Or maybe you guys weren't with him. Uh, the meat place. Meatheads. Meatheads. And they put ketchup on his hot dog, and he didn't want ketchup, and they offered to give his money back, and he said, I don't nope. want it. Nope. I, don't, I just don't want anything. <laughs> exactly. I'm never coming back here again. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we gosh. went to Quiznos at State one time. Yeah. Uh, the girls wanted to go there, and their big promo was beef on the on the boards. Well, he ordered something with beef, and they didn't have beef at all. <laughs> so that place he was never going back to again either. <laughs> it didn't take much. No. It didn't no. take much. Um, when, when we talk about, like, you've hung out with Brian a lot of years too, right. Mick, and just socially and going to football games and doing all that. Yeah. I'm sure you went to quite a few Bears games with him over the years. Yeah, I went to some Bear games and just watched him in high school, too, when I come back from college. Right. So, you know, geez, uh, uh, football, he was just a stud. Yeah. You know, our, our teams weren't any good right? That, those years, but Brian was tough. Mm -hmm. You know, he got to play in the All-Star game, you yep. know, the Shriners game. So that was huge basketball. I mean, Brian was quick. I mean, he was agile. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't think of him, you know. Right. But he was like pretty quick. Of agile, but he was. He was quick. He could jump well. And, I mean, that's why he was so good in, in track in the ring. Because, mm -hmm. you know, he got across the ring quick, explosive. But, yeah, he was uh, – yeah, he was quite an athlete. Pretty decent basketball player, too. He was, yeah. Then I went and watched him, you know, when he was in college sometimes. Mm -hmm. at, um, or Central. Right. And his teams weren't really that good either in football. <laughs> but he was they, they were really good in, in track, but not in football. Because they'd go up to Augustana, and that was back in the middle right. 80s. They were great. 80s, yeah. so they got stomped by Augie every time they played them. But You know, he had that plaque in his office that recognized him as an all-century player for North Central. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a huge yeah. honor. You know, oh, you got to be really good. Yeah. And then I didn't, like, he took me to a couple Bears games, and then the North Central guys would get together, and then you really knew that those guys were close. Yeah, they were. You know, they brought the best food. <laughs> you better oh, believe it. Gosh. It was so much fun, yeah. And they he went all out. I know I only went a couple times, Mick. You probably went a lot more times, but he tailgated like no other man yeah he was the best man he had it all planned out yes too yeah here's what's going on here's what's going on and yeah i mean for a noon start i'd say when are we leaving he's like well 4 35 something I said, brian it only takes three hours to get up there and he's like yeah well, we got to yeah. get up there and get our parking spot and get set up and get all the stuff out and yeah it was an an ordeal that's the earliest i ever cracked one open that's right <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, Laura, you worked with Brian in in the PE realm a little bit too, just maybe a year or two. Um, obviously, you've got. Do you have a couple stories, or maybe one story about Brian? No, or that you can tell here. I don't know. Well, about in PE or body conditioning, sure. or just in general, of just his... working with him. 
Well, I know that you never leave your computer unattended <laughs> that where he can get into it. Yeah. Um, I know he sent out some all staff emails from <laughs> from not himself not telling nice. us that we could go home early or, <laughs> you know, any random thing. So I do know that. Um, that's all I can think of I right like now. the uncomfortable silence. Yeah. Yeah. Mick, you probably could go on and on. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's like, you know, he always tried to prove all of our, our, our throwing areas, you know, right. anywhere or, or inside, you know, in the gym. Mm hmm. Instead of just drawing the thing on chalk, he said, well, I'm going to build this ring, you know, and put handles on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, I think it's going to work. It's going to be good. And, and uh, he says, well, it said it looks good, but it weighs about four or 500 pounds. <laughs> he said, why didn't you stop me when I thought about that? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know how it was going to turn out. But, I mean, it did look good and stuff, but it was so hard to pick up. that he's like, oh, he said, we it, can't do that. It's still in the corner of the gym. <laughs> it's still, it's still in the corner of the gym. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We, when Brian started as athletic director, it was 2003, and he had been at Galesburg before that. Mm -hmm. And I, I hadn't really hung out with him at all. I just knew who he was because of his athletic ability there in high school. Mm -hmm. And Tom Hassan. And invited us all to go golfing over at Valley View. So it was Tom, me, Bob Stockham, and I think it was Doug Nelson, maybe. And we all go over, feeling out Brian. You know, he's going to be the new guy. And we're on a par five. And it's along the water there. Tom will know what I'm talking about. And uh, it's just a laser beam. Great shot. Go up and he hits the second shot right next to the green. Like this is a guaranteed birdie. And he ends up double bogeying the hole, just back and forth, back and forth. And that's when I got to see him get real angry and throw stuff around and st say all these things. And I'm like, all right, this is where we're at. We're going to be fine, you know, because yeah. this guy knows how to how to treat the the, the bad situations, I guess. Yeah, he was very intense. Yeah. And, you know, I tried because he and I played for the same slow pitch team right. in the summer. Mm -hmm. He'd come in and play some. And, uh, yeah, he was intense then. I mean, he could hit the ball a mile. So so we got church league going, and, uh, and I said, Brian, why don't you come down and play with the church? He's like, no. He said, I can't do that. He said, that's not competitive enough. He said, I'll end up saying something stupid and get kicked out of church. Right. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, that's that's how he was. I mean, he was super competitive. And I think a lot of people, like Tanner and I were talking about this yesterday, how he cared so much. I really think he cared a lot Absolutely. about what was going on. And yeah. some people took yeah. the intensity of that. Sometimes they took it the wrong way. And I'm guilty of that as yeah, well sometimes. Me I mean, <laughs> don't, you, don't you want that? You know, whether it's yeah. on, an, on an angry level or a good level, oh, yeah. I care about what's going on. And some kids will say to me, what'd you get so mad for? I'm like, because I care that much about what yeah. you're doing. I know you can do better, mm -hmm. you know, and think about all the kids that he's coached over the years to get them to their max abilities, Yeah, you know, all the time. And starting out at the beginning with those throwers, you would rather have nobody else but him. Yeah, you know, I mean, doing he was that. the best in the area, you know, hands down. I've said it all the time at mm -hmm. meetings, you know, with the parents. Yes. You know, so yeah. we're so fortunate yeah. to have him in. When we were doing the track and putting that all together, 
you know, I just <clears throat> let him order all that stuff because I knew that he, you know, knew. And he was so particular about the type of sand or dirt that was in that pit. Now it's all kind of grass covered now. He'd probably hate seeing it. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, he was like, it has to be this. I'm like, well, Brian, we can get this this much cheaper. And he's like, I don't care. It's got to be this. And I'm like, all right, we'll get get you what you want. You know, and he took real good care of it. So, uh, yeah, he was really organized in his practices, yeah, too. And you know, I was like that. And but yeah, he was uh, he was right on top of things all the time, and mm -hmm. you know, just trying to coach you know the girls and guys is it's tough. I know, I know and, it. And uh, but he took a lot of uh, pride in that. He came down to state. You know, with the girls and come back, you know, drive down and watch, yep. you know, the guys yes. too. I mean, he loved it that much. Yep. And that's a yeah. long haul, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, four hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long haul. But yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, for those people that are listening, you know, Brian's going to get uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame on January 21st. And I know they're going to do a little memorial beforehand, like a visitation type thing at five. And I don't know how you guys feel feel but i i feel that this is helping me with closure on this whole thing because it was during covid and i never i didn't talk to anybody i only had my wife to talk to of course i called different people and, and we yeah. weren't together at the time and it was difficult yeah. man yeah i hear you you know i had lunch with him for 15 years you know yeah and talked about all kinds of different things <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. my gosh he's so i know funny. I... that he was such a great cook you know, and Mick, you've been out to his house a bunch oh, of times yeah. to eat. And yep. so he could put on a spread, man. Yeah. It was he, so good. It was good. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys coming in, talking about Brian a little bit. And um, hope to see some folks out on January 21st come out, remembering Brian Dennison. And uh, you might see Mick and Laura there, too. You can ask them about some stories they couldn't tell today. <laughs>
on the first year that we consolidated. So that would have been 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. And then I was full-time, so 2010. The next year afterwards? Yep. And then, Jen, when did you start working? 2012. Okay, so Brian, at this point, is not the athletic director, right? No. Right, because he was, like, I think done in 2010 or something, like a year after the the Mm -hmm. consolidation. A year or two after that, right. So... Um, tell me a little bit about, like, you had to watch your computer when Brian was around, right? Like, yeah. Like Jen, did he ever get on your computer for any reason? Yes. He, I left my Facebook open once and he typed on there. I am at work just on Facebook all day. He literally just <laughs> typed a simple sentence and left it there you need for the be, whole world to see. You need to be careful about that. Shelly, I remember getting some emails to the district, like to the entire building from your account. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was known to, yeah, just come in and sit down and be really sneaky. You really didn't know what he was doing. And <laughs> the next thing you know, everyone's getting an email saying they can leave early or something like that. A 258. <laughs> yes, a 258. Why would anyone say 258? That's funny. Well, he did ring the bell and somehow he learned how he to... He did? He d- somet- somehow he learned how to ring the bells. And I think one day, I don't remember when it was, I but... I don't remember either. Yeah, he rung the bell. It was like 258, 259. And so when Brian was in the office, you had to be on your toes. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jen, Brian, I don't, I don't know if he started this with you or tell me about Friday Dip Day. Yeah, it was his idea. I think it was one year after Christmas. I don't know if he was bored or football was over or what, but he decided he wanted to do a dip day every Friday, and he would start it. But he brought the first dip in. And then every Friday, people had to sign up. I never signed up. He would sign people up. Right. Yes, he would. He would. He would sign you up. And in the end, he really just wanted hot dips. And not most people's dips that they brought in. So you're saying that Brian would not sample all the dips that were brought in by people? No, he's like the pickiest eater uh, ever. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people know that. You know, they talk. we've talked quite a bit in our segments about tailgating, how g- much of a good cook he was. Mm-hmm. He was extremely particular with what he ate. Yeah. You know, he didn't know oh, who yeah, made had, it. Yes. I'm yeah, out. he had to he know, know who made it. Like, did, did he eat your food, Shelly? Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, he trusted you. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've told this story before, but I haven't told it in the other segments. We were out doing something and I wanted, I said, let's go over to the Iowa machine shed and eat. And he said, I don't, I don't eat at that place. And I'm like, why? It's one of the, my favorite place, the quad cities. He goes, they drink water out of Mason jars. And I mm-hmm. think that's stupid. And I'm never going there. And he probably never did. No. And he like, asked, wow. the problem was he went there one day and asked for a regular glass. They wouldn't give it to him. And he's never, he never went back. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> Shelly, you've got a whole book of stuff in your lap. What do you got there? I just have a bunch of notes. Um, Some of them are crossed off. Highlighting, yes. Um, Shall I talk well, about the credit card one? That one's the credit a funny card. One. Okay, so we have a P card that yeah. the teachers are supposed to sign out. And back in the vault, I have a little um, yellow pad there. And when Brian would come in and sign the P card out, he would either put a big X on the sheet or he would sign some random 
Game. You did like G-baller for a while yep. there. That took yep. us a while. And then um, one of the other things that he would write would be Shelly's best friend forever. Um, would he write so, that out in full letters or would he do no, BFF? He would be BFF. Yeah, okay. He would say okay. BFF. Um, and so it was always um, a gamble trying to figure out. But then once he did it a couple of times, then I pretty much knew who to track down when the district office was calling me. Um, asking me about who used the P card on a certain day. Right. Because so the paperwork wasn't right. Well, the paperwork, yeah. That's what it all came down to. It's the only yes. reason we figured it out. He never turned his paperwork in. Right? Yep. Yep. I, I have a P card myself, mm-hmm. and I've always thought it a great honor that they've let me keep it. Mm-hmm. So I must be doing something right. Something, yes. Yeah. Somebody doesn't know you have one still. That could be too. Yeah. There's. You know what? That stuff is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to do anything wrong with it. I did buy Christmas presents with it one time accidentally. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I paid you got it back. Figured out. Right. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, Jen, how did like when you had the dips? When you sit there, the dips are right there. So do you <laughs> yes. just can you reach behind you and just eat them whenever they whenever you want? Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I gained a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Um, Stacy, when when all this went down. It was a shock to everybody, and I know that we didn't see each other for a while. And you had mentioned that, you know, I, you would have nobody in your corner than Brian. Mm-hmm. Like if the going got tough, you know, if you he didn't was, want to beat his head against a wall, right? Which I think I've told him that too mm-hmm. at the time. I mean, he absolutely he may have driven you crazy. Yeah, and I I think one of Shelley's notes, and I know. <laughs> She's actually whited out her notes. <laughs> Listen. And, and I know that, that there were posts, you know, after he passed about like, oh he would walk in and you would know when he was in a bad mood. Yes. I mean, like you just knew, you just walk, saw him and you turned the other way and you yep. didn't talk to him. Yep. And so he could be the most infuriating person. Mm-hmm. But it, the next hour or when, when stuff went down, he, I wanted him right there. He yeah. was going to be right there. Um, when you didn't want to beat his head against a wall, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he, he would have done anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've talked with Monica and I think probably all of us have talked about, I think he would hate all of this. Yeah. And I, we mentioned that a couple of <laughs> times, how he would despise talking about him. Yes. But um, I think, but I think deep down though, I think he would really appreciate it. And that side of him that was the big teddy bear, I think yeah. would mm-hmm. be really touched that you're doing all of this. And then all these people are speaking on his behalf. I, I think he would really enjoy that. Yeah, I think oh, so I too. I think you're right. You got to get mm-hmm. through that exterior first, yep. you know, with that. He did. I, I saw that a lot, like with his track girls, I think, mm-hmm. you know, like there were days you would see him and, and I, I remember before I had ever gone to a track meet thinking, how in the world is he? Like, high school girls are a rough bunch. Yeah. But then to watch him with those high school girls mm-hmm. and how they are at track, he was like a different person. And I thought, that's the coach I want for every kid, yeah. every sport, every day, you know. Mm-hmm. And he he was that way, too, with with younger kids, like my grandson. And, oh, yeah. uh-huh. and just seeing him interact with uh, Laura Swanson's kids. Yep. I mean, he had that that special side to him um, that you could tell that he really enjoyed interacting with them. He liked kids. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he really did. Jen, do you have any good stories from your end, from your side of the desk? I don't know. I'm just trying to think. There were a couple of years I was scared of him. Like if I had to, (laughs) 
to mm-hmm. ask, you know, what hours he needed subbing, and he, he made me nervous. But in the end, like they said, you know, he would, he would have done anything for me, and he, he always gave Shelly and I great gifts, and he never forgot us. And But, yeah, he, him and I had a love-hate relationship for a while. <laughs> <laughs> now, Shelly, we just got done talking in band last hour about people getting – nervous and your hands are sweating you're so <laughs> listen how laid back we are this is fun this is we're just talking yes it's so I'm much de- fun <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous i'm not there to see your note <laughs> now listen for those of you i know you can't see but she's got a nice little notepad and then she's whited out some things in it so this is important stuff <laughs> have, have arrows going up here okay yeah. so what do you got open right there what do you got there well, I screwed up, and I was going to start out by, first of all, thanking you, Rusty, for putting this together, oh, come on. that I know that you guys were really good friends, and um, I'm sure it's not the easiest thing to do, but I, I think it's awesome that you're doing that. So that was my first That's bullet, good. bullet point. Did yes. you read it word for word? Uh, nope. All right. Good for you. <laughs> good job. That's right. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to go on there. Well, I can. Um, well, I was just going to say, you know, we, we attended the same church. He coached my three sons. Um, he hunted with my, my husband and uh, my sons. I know that he was a very avid hunter. And the Wednesday before he passed away, I remember being um, up in the library, and he came in to make copies for something. And he had just... Um, Oh, rearranged his fishing shed and he was like on cloud nine. He was so excited. And so uh-huh. I know that he was very um, adamant and um, about making sure that all of his fishing gear was in order. And so I know that he had a passion for fishing oh, yes. too and hunting and, and uh, one so. of the things that I, I thought about when I heard the news is that, cause we were just in April of COVID. Cause I'm thinking mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like Brian's going to fish so much. Like I thought he was going to go to the Ozarks and do all the remote stuff. Right. From we there. joked about that. I sent him He's a message if he was going to be there. I'm like, do they even have the Ronas in the Ozarks? Like what's right. happening? I know. <laughs> Probably not. Right. And that's what he said. They don't. I'm going down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was the smart thing for him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always tease you guys about doing something for the variety show. Right. Mm-hmm. And I always, okay. So the variety show is something we used to do. I don't think we're going to do it this year, but we used to do it when I used to always try to get the secretaries and maybe Stacy involved and, and have an act. Well, Brian, Brian actually was serious about this. He wanted to sing. It ain't easy being green with a Kermit, the frog outfit on. And he wanted oh me God. to play the piano and he wanted to lay across the piano. Oh. And we Dude, actually, why didn't you do that? I don't know. And <laughs> I've seen like I've seen him do karaoke before and he wasn't bad. I mean, there is some liquid courage there, well, sure. but I mean, he wasn't bad. So we actually were looking on Amazon because Brian's a big dude and you know, yeah, we were looking, they make them big I know we were trying to find one. We, we were looking for one and that was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That would have been really a good act. That would have been. been awesome. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. Stacy, I don't know if you have any examples of, Oh, I don't know. Brian in the classroom. Talk about a little bit about um, the body conditioning area mm-hmm. and all the work he put in down there. Now that, in this building at least, you know, as he transitioned down of athletic director um, and, and changed some of his coaching assignments, that was his baby, yeah. was the weight room. 
um, that kind of ties back to the P card stuff because he was always spending money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need some of these. Mm-hmm. But he, he did a lot of it without district funds. Like, you know, like he, he did the... We did that. Um, uh, we did the pork, pork. Yeah, the pulled pork fundraiser dinners mm-hmm. with the track girls, you know, and then they could use that money down there. And I mean, he totally revamped it, um, bought all kinds of new equipment. He was the start of changing that program from basically all of our kids lifting before school in the morning yes. and only two sections of it during the day to we run nine sections of it a day now mm-hmm. and turn kids away. And that's on him. You know, he yep. started that. Um, Swanson probably mentioned it when you talked to her earlier, just the, his emphasis on getting girls in the weight room and changing their attitude about it was huge. And he would work with anybody. I mean, like I could go down there and I know nothing about any of that stuff down there. And he would have helped me do it. You know, like he didn't care if you were a star athlete or not, if you're in the weight room and you wanted to, to do what they were doing and, and get stronger and get better, he was all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that is his baby. Yeah. That's what everybody has said. Um, and I forgot to mention at the beginning, too, we're having our celebration of life for Brian on the same night that he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, which we're doing this on Tuesday the 18th, so that will be on the 21st. I've made a mistake in every single segment that I've done on this, <laughs> and uh, the celebration of life is not in the auditorium. You can go in there if you want, but nobody's going to be in there. Right. Um, we're going to be up in the library, and mm-hmm. Mrs. Day, I think there's going to be some little food little food items, not right. a huge layout, but we're going to have some stuff up there. Right. You want to come up and talk to the family a little bit? Um, they'll be up there if you want to talk to them, and then um, we'll induct Brian into the Hall of Fame um, seven ish, seven thirty ish, something right. like that. In between the games. To me, you know, with Brian starting the Hall of Fame, there's no better person to mm-hmm. be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. We had some rules in there in the bylaws about if you were currently working in the district that it wasn't you weren't right. able to be in until five years after, mm-hmm. and I don't know really when that came into play or not. And it's unfortunate that he's getting in now because of the circumstance. But, you know, somebody who's going to give time and work yeah. to kids in the district. I mean, yep. it's just, it, it's really what it's all about. Right. You know. Um, Shelly, what else do you have there on your your pad? Um, well, I had on here that he could be funny. He um, somehow got some fake poop from Amazon oh, and that he thing was all about the fake poop that that thing made it around somehow it ended up under my Christmas tree one Christmas so I don't know how how that happened you don't think your husband had anything to do with that I, I don't know he says he didn't so okay I well, don't know I believe everything your husband says yeah me too <laughs> um he also had a fake uh fake gum it looked like somebody like had chewed some gum. chewing gum really um he would you would find that in random random spots um did a fart machine once too oh i forgot about the fart machine too. yeah those are I sneaky still have a, i still have one of his fart machines in my desk drawer Perfect. i forgot all about that mm. you might have to break that out <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little one it kind of sounds pretty pretty well, old now. we are gonna have a new principal <laughs> next year maybe you can just break them in with that. <laughs> this, this is true <laughs> This is how we do it here. Oh, boy. They, they might leave right away. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate you guys doing this. And if you have anything else, you know, because this is, look, Shelly, mm-hmm. 17 minutes we've been talking. Wow. Just goes that fast. Just like that. And you don't even know it's gone. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone else have anything else to add before I close up? Or is, are we good? 
I just part part of me thinks that he's still here. He's yes. just mm-hmm. I I just feel mm-hmm. like there was no closure because he was on COVID. So he's still yeah. mm-hmm. we're still on the shutdown and someday he's just gonna walk in. And I tried to text him twice. Yeah. Afterwards mm-hmm. for something both times were extremely inappropriate. <laughs> and he was just he was just my go to right yeah for that because we would laugh so much about different things. Mm-hmm. And uh well, he- one of the last messages he sent me to his other thing besides dip with the food was I would post things on Facebook all the time. Like, and he would message me, are you going to make that for Monday? (laughs) (laughs) And that was one of the last things he sent me. Like, okay, are we having this when we get back? (laughs) Do you remember Stacy? You probably don't. And I can't, the zoom meeting that we had when he was the first one there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Now, I'm not going to get into this, but he, it was surprised me that he was the first one there. Me too. Because I got on and I said, Dennison, what are you doing? And he was, he was in his office. He, he was, was here. He was in school. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was in the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. I was for sure he had gone down there, but yeah, he was here. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, you guys, thank you so much. And I think that it, speaking on what Shelly just said, um, this has been a big help for a lot of us to listen. Mm-hmm. And I hope you guys go back and listen to it a little bit. And uh, we hope to see folks out for uh, Brian's Celebration of Life. And that is Friday at January 21st. That's going to start at 5 o'clock in the library. And then his um, Hall of Fame will be later on during the basketball game. Uh, Mrs. Day, thank you very much. Yep, thank you. Shelly, you did a great job. Thank you. Jen, thanks for your time. Thank you, Ms. Ruggles. All right, welcome to another segment of our Remembering Brian Dennison. I am Rusty Ruggles, and with us today is the PE section of our uh, Brian Dennison uh, podcast. I'm excited for this. I've got Mr. Joe Valinden. Joe, tell everybody hi. Hello there. And I've got Amy Dagelman. Amy, how's it going? Hello, I'm good. All right. Now, you two, Brian was the AD first. Correct. So he came yeah. in 2003, I think, and he was the athletic director first. 2002, 2003. Yeah. Okay, so then he goes back into the classroom and gets to work with you two gems. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I say that in all jokingly, but out of everybody that I've talked to, you two have probably spent the most time with Brian. Oh. Yeah, I would say uh, when we shared an office together for, gosh, for... 10 years. Yeah. Until his last year, actually, he, when he got the body conditioning class going and all that, he moved his office over there in the body, in the weight room. Right. So, Amy, tell me how that worked. You did a PE class, but it wasn't just girls. They didn't do it by gender, right? Correct. It was, it was co-ed. Right. And so then you ran and did a health class every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then Brian and then, so there were three of you guys that would take care of all that stuff. Yep. There were three of us. And, um, I mean, Brian, like starting out when he came back into the gym, into teaching, um, he, you know, we'd have co-teachers, we'd teach together. Um, and then maybe one of us would teach one class while there was a prep or if I was in health class. Um, Joe or Brian would have a class by themselves, but for the most part, we were, we all three of us were together. So, right. 
and it was always a joy to work with Brian. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Brian, pretty organized guy or off the cuff or how'd that work, Joe? It depended on what you're talking about. Organization. That's, That's funny. You talk about being organized. A lot of things he was. When it came to his grade book, <laughs> that guy was looking for that grade book all the time. So he could never could figure out where that was at. And here's a story. Actually, I have a story one time where <laughs> it was actually my fault. Because, you know, we always played jokes on each other. Right. And uh, I remember one time I thought, oh, I'm going to get him back. And his, he had left his grade book out in the open. So naturally I... I grabbed it and I thought I'm going to hide it and I put it on the pop machine out in the lobby <laughs> thinking I'm waiting for him to come look for it and say he's missing it because right. he was always looking for his grade book and he was, have you seen my grade book, you know, missing? This was over like three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> he still hadn't found it or asked about it? <laughs> no. And he goes, oh, he goes, and this, this was getting close to the quarter. He's like. I can't find my grade book. He goes, it's been like three, three and a half weeks. And goes, I don't know what I did with it. And I go, oh, I'm like, hold on. You said how long? He goes, like three weeks. He goes, what? You know where it's at? I'm like, I might. Oh, I no. went over to Pop Machine. It's still there. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> Must have had a lot of grades in those three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's probably still a grade book sitting on top of the trophy case somewhere, too. <laughs> <laughs> he liked to put it up there a lot. Yes. He liked yeah. No, that's yep. funny. That's funny. Um, Amy, you, I mean, going bowling with Brian, right? Because I, oh. I went out there a couple times too. Yeah. Now, you were a little particular about the bus and like drinks and stuff like that. Is that right? Well, we we all were in our rules. Oh, Because that, that was the rule, right? Yeah. Do yeah. you remember the styrofoam cup incident there? Oh, vaguely, I think I do. Oh, come on, she does. So where, I just always figured that was Mr. Verlinden that did that. Me? No. You know that. <laughs> I was with you in the classroom. You were complaining the day before how a couple of Brian's oh, students, Brian and Swanson's students had drinks. Oh, they brought yes, drinks back. Yes. Not yeah. supposed to bring drinks back from Correct. the bowling alley. Right. Well, Laura and Brian had a few students that brought drinks back. And Brian was like, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> and Amy, you know, was like, well, if we're going to have a rule, we need to enforce it for everyone. And Amy's you know? correct, yes. And, well, Brian didn't like the fact that Amy said something to his students. Right. So the next day in the morning, he went and bought yeah. <laughs> Brand new yeah. styrofoam foam cups, and he gave it to every student to bring back on the bus. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, we were sitting in Amy's office, and <laughs> here they come off the bus, and Amy's seeing that. And you could, I mean, yeah. Amy wasn't laughing then. She was angry. Yes. Amy, do you remember that moment? I do now. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think that's one of your positive qualities, Amy, is that you stuck to the rules I, yeah <laughs> for the most I part mean, right <laughs> yeah yeah so <laughs> now did you play a joke on him amy or was he mostly pranking on you 
anytime I would try to prank on him, it would always fail. I just, it <laughs> never worked. Never. Oh, that's too bad. It, but, but Brian always had, I mean, he always had the best pranks. And I mean, I think, I don't know. I think, you know, even hearing stories from before I was there, like with you guys and right, um, right. Mr. Hassan and Mr. Mm-hmm. Welter. I mean, there's a lot of pranking stories out there. Laura had and, some good ones about, you know, she learned never to leave her computer unattended. You no. Know, because no, emails no. would be sent from Laura about whatever. Yes, yeah, she was yeah. notorious for that. I mean, even like Jen Murphy and Shelly and yes. Snyder in the office, he would get on their computers too and yeah. send out stuff. Now, I don't think this was Brian, but I was. Do you remember when we used to have to put our lesson plans online? You know, yeah. and, and so yes. everybody, I was a guest speaker for uh, gonorrhea yes. for my class. For your yes. class. Yes. yes. And I yes. don't know anything about that personally, but apparently I was the expert. Yes. Yeah. That was Mr. Hassan that. I know. Or was it Walter? It had to have been. Hassan. No, it was Hassan. Yeah. It was Hassan. Yeah. Yes. Maybe my password shouldn't have been banned. That was a <laughs> that was a bad choice. Uh, uh, well, Amy, talk I about. Think, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I think just talking about the emails. I think wasn't it Mr. Dennison that sent an email from Mrs. Snyder's computer in the office to a former principal. <laughs> that had become a realtor. I think he did. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really. And he funny. said, "Well, and he, a former teacher, he used Ewing's name, yes. didn't he? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, so. Ewing wasn't here when we had that former principal. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty smart, Amy. Talk <clears throat> about having because you were a coach during that time too when he was athletic director. Yes. And talk about. I mean, he was pretty good to deal with as an as an AD as a, from a coaching standpoint, wasn't he? Ab- absolutely. I mean, he was. He was always very supportive of, of, I mean, at least me throughout. Yeah. Um, Same here. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, Joe. You yeah. coached varsity wrestling. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. He was he was very supportive of of the coaches, and I mean, wanted nothing but what was best for those programs um, as athletic director. And I would say, you know, even with that, he was very organized with his athletic director. Um, you know, any of that paperwork and stuff. He um, even, you know, had passed some things on to me as a coach, you know, just of some things that he'd had. So now his desk was always a disaster. Oh yeah. But he knew where he knew where it was. was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine's like that too, a lot. And as AD too, like at the end of the sports, you know, he wouldn't pay you unless you sent him, you know, Everything you had, right? For the yeah. pro, like for wrestling, do you have all your warm ups? Do you have all your singlets? Mm-hmm. You had to have the list of saying I I have everything before you got paid. Um, my last year of wrestling, which was the first year for Mercer County, uh, you know, I said we have a missing singlet from a, where we believe it got stolen at Quincy, and I said, and then Ethan Ball has his for the state title match. And so we're waiting on that. And then, but turn out that Ethan had both of the singlets. Oh, you know? Ethan, you're supposed to give that back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think people realize how difficult being an athletic director is. There's a lot of stuff to that, you know. Well, that could that could be a next another episode on <laughs> Amy Beagleman's life, right there. Oh yeah, because you're doing that now, aren't you? I I am. I'm the junior high athletic director. Um, 
here at Rockridge. Do you like and it? Honest, I absolutely love it. Well, that's I good. really do. But I'd really like to know how it is being an athletic director without COVID. Yes, no because kidding. No kidding. I think that that work is so much more. Yeah. So. No, you're right. You're right. Hey, let's talk a little bit about when did the body conditioning class come into play as a, as a class class? I know we always had kids coming in early at six o'clock or whatever to lift, mm -hmm. you know? So when did that start happening? Oh, gosh. I want to say 2000. Well, I don't know. What do you think though? 15 ish? Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say around 2015. Okay. Um, where, you know, we kind of just said, and, and we all kind of taught body conditioning. And then as the years went, um, I think I got out of it first yeah. and did mostly the health and the PE. And then, and then I got out, uh, I had one class and I said, you know what? I said, why don't you take my class, Brian? You're running this, you know, cause yeah. he, had, he had the majority of the classes and I had like one and Swanson at that time I'd have yeah. had, had one. Or two. Yeah. yeah. I said, um, why don't you take my class? It makes more sense. You're running it instead of telling me this is what you want done. Um, it makes more sense that yeah. way. And I take your yeah. PE class. So, so, you know, all the work that went on down there, I mean, we had some equipment, not the greatest yeah. stuff. Yeah. That was Brian. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, he. It was a it was the perfect class for him. It was the perfect class. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, he was kind of off down there on his own where he could uh -huh. work and not be bothered by too many people, you know, yep. <clears throat> that's a lot much for small talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. Oh my gosh. I mean, he had to be in the right mood for it, I guess. So. Well, you know, it didn't take you long to know what kind of mood he was in. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yes. and, and, and when I was, when I was there, um, and before I moved into the classroom for most of it, you know, I had the little, the girl PE office and I had the couch. Yeah. I mean, he, he was in there a lot, but you didn't talk to him. He just wanted to <laughs> sit on the couch. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, back to body conditioning. I mean, that was, it was perfect. A perfect class for him. Yeah. I mean, he had that TV installed down there to put things he down. He put a, a lot of hard work into yeah, that. I, I mean, put getting that. the equipment, yep. some of his own money, I mean, time. And I think he I painted think it he himself. Really, yeah, and he strives for that those record boards. I mean, that yeah. was, that was you know, accomplishments, and he loved to see those, I think, and have those records, you know, for everyone to see. So. And right before he passed, he was doing the pictures of the kids who were currently in college sports correct which i thought was really oh, neat okay yes yeah so down there you know it was yeah. just oh yeah that's ja right yeah. yeah like jacob's yeah. senior year my son's senior year they all those guys are yep. up there and i hope brad decides to to keep doing that because you don't have a lot of kids that do that but those kids should be right. recognized and let the younger kids know that it's something that is out there that they yep. can do you know yeah <laughs> yeah um joe i know you give us another story give, give us something you got there on your post-it note um, okay, well, I said, there's a lot of things. Um, one of the jokes he played on me, actually, I wasn't there at school that day. It was homecoming. And I'm sure Amy remembers the leprechaun picture. <laughs> you guys made a little leprechaun up out of the pipes near the okay. stairwell yeah. by the body condition room. 
and they put a little hat on, Notre Dame hat, and okay. said it's Mr. Verlinden. Okay. I was gone. I was at my grandma had passed away, and so Perfect. they did that, and they had students posing next, saying <laughs> Mr. and taking a picture, and they took a picture and sent it to me. Okay. So, so I mean, th- this is one of those jokes, you know, that, yeah. okay. You're trying to mourn your grandmother, <laughs> and you're getting it pictures. Was, it was a joke, and actually I came back and acted like I was really mad at yeah. Amy, because Amy was like, sent a student, is, you know. Go check on him. Yeah, is, is he mad at me? Because she was part of it, too. But, you know, no, I, I, everyone at the funeral home thought it was hilarious. Sure, you know, yeah. Because they knew, because I mean, everyone who knows me knows I'm a huge Fighting Irish fan. Yeah. And so, you know, he just put the leopard, I mean, and it was pretty creative, actually. And so, yeah. Well, and nobody misses homecoming, Joe. I mean, we just, we had to make sure you were there. And that right. part of it. That's right. That's what it was. It was like, you know, <laughs> we're making sure Mr. Verlin and, is here, you know. Right. What a sweet thought. Yeah. You know that was all Mr. Nathan because I'm not creative <laughs> like that. So. <laughs> and, then, oh. and then one of his uh, angry moments, I'm sure you remember this too, that AED with Tom Hassan. Oh. <laughs> was it beeping or something? It was, they just install, installed it, okay? Yeah. And there was, the, A, the AED case was on there above the water yeah. fountain, but AED wasn't inside. So it was this empty case saying, when open, alarm will go off. Mm-hmm. Well, the class period before, a student opened it, you know, and the alarm goes off because that registers, they already, they shouldn't have had the alarm going off already, but right. they did. And so Dennison takes the student down to the office and the student goes, I didn't know. He goes, it says, do not open, the alarm will go off, you know? So he's all huffy puffy about that. Okay. So next period, it's at the end, and me, me and Amy are standing there next to this box, and Dennison's in the office, and Tom Hassan comes oh, walking no. up. He goes, "What's this?" And before we could, and, and before we could even say anything, he opens the box. The alarm goes off. Brian comes out He's of that storming office, out. storming yeah. out of the office. Who did it? Who did it? And uh, <laughs> like it was Hassan. He goes, you know, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. Now I've got Kelly and Tom in here tomorrow, so oh, you're gonna have good. to. We're gonna good. bring that up. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. say that the fire marshal still has us written out, written down for. That. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, um, that's good stuff. Brian had some. Um, oh, he liked to find little gag things on the Amazon yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. And would you'd open a drawer and find, you know, dog doo doo in right. your drawer or an insect different things or... like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, insect, yeah. He's always yeah. making that interesting. I think Shelly got some of that. Yeah. She got yeah. it for Christmas too one time. Mm, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Under a tree. She goes, I don't know how he managed to get the present in my house. She goes, but yeah. <laughs> Did you guys yeah. get the, uh, oh, shoot. I have oh, a coffee yeah. mug. Yes. And, per- a, and a mouse pad. Uh, yep. I still use that mouse pad yep. today. Yep. So, yep. and it, if anybody needs to know, it just had Brian's face on it. It was pretty much a school picture, right? Yeah. He did that for two years. Didn't he do it two yeah. years in a row? Yeah. He, he uh, yeah, I copied his picture from. <laughs> he has a pretty cool. come and take pictures. Cool yeah. picture yep. of him and Laura for track. Yeah. And he made a pillow and has that. And she has that. Uh, Laura cool. does that. I think that's, you know, that might have been one of his 
last year's that yeah. he had given that to Laura, I remember. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to do this for everybody because we, we really didn't have a service for Brian. It was yeah. in the middle of COVID and it, you know, it was a shock and it was, you know, heartbreaking for all of us. Yeah. And they're going to do a memorial for him on January 21st, which will be in the auditorium if you want to go in and, you know, do that. And then they're going to induct him into the Hall of Fame on, on that same night. And there's no better person for the Hall of Fame than Brian. You know, Absolutely not. Yep. He's like the perfect package of that, of being an athlete, dedicating himself to the community and working and giving to yep. the school district. And uh, it's going to be a good night. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, well listen, deserving. I I'm good. Joe, do you have anything else? Not really in particular. It's just like, you know, when he shared his stories, we you know we both had two boys that similar ages, and so we always would t talk about the boys and always had stories about yep. that. I mean, he always had excellent stories about his boys. You know, mm -hmm. that were hilarious and all that. But you know, I know it, and that's. You know, at the time, too, because Jacob and Anthony would run around school together all the time when they came, when they were just little, you know, and Brian yeah. would be working and I'd be doing stuff or whatever. And, you know, I, I messaged Jacob, you know, I, I still don't think I've seen him. I hope I see him on the 21st to talk to him. Right. Um, Amy, do you have anything else? No, I just, uh, the other thing that I thought of that, you know, out of all the people that came to the, or when I had, Zeke when I was in the hospital. Yeah. Um, I had Zeke in May and so I was put on bed rest and um, I missed the end of school that year and um, Brian came to the hospital to see yeah. me and, and brought Zeke a, a Bears jersey, you know, of <laughs> course. And I mean, we still, we still have it. It's, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, even though I mean, I, I, Brian, I feel like we were all very close and, and yeah. he would definitely do anything for you. Yep. Um, you know, he never, he, he didn't always, wasn't always happy with you, <laughs> but he, you know, he really did have a very, that kind bone, you know, that yes. he would, he wouldn't want everybody mm. to know that. And now they do. So, you know, but he would go out of his way to, you know, to make, make people happy and, and. Um, you know, just he did. He did care. He didn't show it all the time, but he he really did care. So, like, I think he would hate what we're doing right now. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like all these things we've been talking about him, and he would want nothing to do with that. He would like yeah. to have an interview about the Bears or something like oh, football, yeah. or football, talk about yeah, that. He could talk about but, that all, or, or yeah. all day. I mean, you know, even he would interview about like his body condition classes, or oh the, yeah, I, you know, I I feel like. He really was, he loved, like we said, we, he loved that. But the, the girls track program, I mean, yeah. man, he, the they were making there great too. strides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were making great strides in their program. And, you know, I feel like a lot of it had to do with him and what he was doing with those girls in that body conditioning class. I mean, Absolutely. even though those girls didn't think they could do it. Right. I mean. Trying to Those convince a girl that they, they can be a thrower? Yeah. 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 They would run through a brick wall for him. I yeah. mean, it was, he had a great relationship with a lot of those um, athletes, you know, that, that were in that class. So Yeah, that's a great point, Amy. Well, listen, you yeah. guys, thank you very much for doing this. 
Um, yes, thank en- you. Enjoy your time. Hope to see some folks out on January 21st for Brian. And um, that's it from the PE crew. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here uh, back with Remembering Brian Dennison, our podcast, especially for Mr. Dennison, who's being inducted into the Hall of Fame on January the 21st. And with us right now, we have Tanner Matlick. Tanner, how are you? Good, Rusty. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I'm so glad that you made time for us. Now, Mr. Dennison was your football coach as long as well as a teacher and among many things. And I thought it would be great to to talk to you about your relationship with him as a coach, um, just kind of start like when he first came in, you were a sophomore. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. So I was a sophomore, uh, Mercer County and really from the get go, our relationship was, uh, he was just a great mentor for me to have in my life. You know, he was a football coach of mine, but really at the end of the day, I view him as one of the best mentors I've, I've encountered in my 26 years. So, um, yeah, our, our relationship kind of spurred from there when I was, uh, when I was a sophomore through the football program. Uh, and then I would see him in the hallways as a teacher all the way through the school year. And, um, we even stayed in touch after the high school years as well. Just kind of that mentor relationship. Um, I could, I knew I could call him for pretty much anything. Right now he, he ran the offense like through those years yep. and then through when you won the state title in 2012, your senior year. And what was he most particular with? I mean, I knew that he had all kinds of plays. Like he knew a lot about football. What were some of his pet peeves with offense and things like that? Uh, that's a good question. I know he was just so detail oriented. Yeah. Crazy. So uh, his, his attention to detail was second to none. And his, his background is really offensive and defensive line. So he was very, very picky. Uh, when it came to the play of the O and D line. So I know there was there was hundreds of times in practice where he'd blow the whistle, stop practice, and it'd be all about offensive line play or all about defensive line play. And um, We had some really, really good offensive linemen back when I played, and they were always asking him questions, and he was a wealth of knowledge for those guys. And I really think that's where it started for us um, when we were – having all that success was up front. Yeah. Um, and yeah. He did a great job of coaching those guys up and just transferring his knowledge in a digestible format uh, for our, for our linemen. So he was really particular about uh, line play. And then he loved to do all of the creative stuff with motions, um, you know, masking just the same running play over and over out of different formations or different motions. He was really good at that. So like when you watch, NFL level football, you think of Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers. I think that was kind of Dennison's cup of tea. You're going to run the same play 40 times a game, but you're going to do it out of 15 different formations and 15 different motions. So he was really good at that type of stuff. He just knew, I mean, watching a game with him, you know, out at his house, it was like a completely different thing. I just watched the game and whatever happens, happens. And he knew all the inner workings of all that stuff. And I oh, just, yeah. I didn't Super have a clue. Oh yeah. And I don't, I think another thing that people don't realize is that how important he was to North central, you know, he was a part of the all century team, you know, named to that team. And he was like one of their top linemen of all time. Like he oh, yeah. was, he was he great. Was a, he was a huge part of what, what they did down there and or up there, I guess I should say. And I know his, uh, 
his red blood runs deep, I guess I should say, with North Central. And he was always following them, even when we were playing. And when I played down at Monmouth, he would keep track of me. But I yes. think he was still more of a North Central fan mm-hmm. than he was ever a Monmouth fan. <laughs> I know. Well, Brian liked going to football games. I mean, he just, it, it was a process for him. And, you know, oh, the, the tailgating, of course, is a whole nother conversation with him, which I don't think he probably did when he went to Monmouth. But I know he went down and watched you play quite a bit, you know. Yep. Yep, for sure. I've, I've been to a, or was at a couple of Bears games with Brian, and it is definitely an entire process where you go early, you tailgate, you have good food, um, you, you know, you pregame with a few drinks, and then you head off to the stadium for the actual game. It's truly, so I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's truly unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I tell this story, and then I'll let you tell a couple stories, but he. I was kind of down on the list of asking to go to the bears games. And he asked me to go to a Monday night game and it was when they were playing the Falcons. Okay. And Michael Vick was the quarterback. And this was a night where like the regular temperature high was like negative 15. It was freezing. So we go, we tailgate, do the whole thing. And I'm so cold that I'm standing next to one of these heaters. And what I don't realize is that the heater is melting my boots together like the (laughs) like the the laces together and i couldn't i had to cut them out of my i had to cut my feet out of them when i got home and uh our our drinks were slushes you know but you didn't really care (laughs) but it was just all the people that he knew with his season tickets you know all the people that would come all the north central guys that would come and bring sausages and all that stuff it made the heat or the cold all go away because it was so good Oh man! It was good. Oh, absolutely. I I remember uh, he gifted his tickets to me for uh, it was going to be a cold kind of similar situation you were in cold right. Sunday game in Chicago. They were playing the Packers and Coach Dennison texted me, "Hey, you want to go to the Packers game?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll go with you." And he's like, "No, I'm not going. It's going to be too cold. I'll just give you the tickets." I was like, "Okay, great." So my dad and I got to the game and all the people in the surrounding seats were, "Where's Brian this week?" Yeah. We're all asking all the questions, asking about his kids. So. Yeah, he was loved by many, even all the way up to Soldier Field and back. So Yeah, isn't that nice? It is really nice. He's had those seats, I mean, for a while. I know he's had them for a long time. Um, for sure. Tell me some, some situations in in the huddle where maybe there's a timeout called and Coach Dennison comes out and he's not too happy. <laughs> you know, like tell me some oh. situations where, because um, he'd get fired up. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, there's there's multiple instances I can remember where he's been a little over the top, fired up, but in a good way. You know, it's all we all know it came from right. a good place. Right. He loves seeing everybody succeed, and it was just his passion for the game and for for his players. So the one that comes to mind really isn't isn't a game situation, but we were at practice, and like I said, he was very particular about offensive line play and we were trying to get a certain play right and our offensive line just couldn't figure it out. So stops practice, chewing the offensive line up and down. Finally, kick goes to kick a kind of an orange cone you see on the ground. <laughs> swings and a miss. And then he threw, threw his sunglasses all the way. We were about the middle of the practice field up there at George Pratt. Threw his sunglasses all the way over, hit the press box. And I was like, oh, wow, this is prime Coach Dennison here. So I'm just standing back because it was an inside run segment. I wasn't doing anything other than handing the ball off. Finally, we go down. Him and I are walking to get his sunglasses, and he looks at me, and he goes, you know, I think I did something to my knee. I, that tone. 
<laughs> so just the, the stuff like that. And then there was a time, I think we were playing over at Stark County. And uh, I think we scored two straight plays in a row. Both got called back with holding penalties on the offensive line. And Coach Dennison's over there having a field day with the refs, chewing them up and down. And I finally look over the sideline. I'm like, calm down. Play the next play. You know, what the coaches always preach to us. I said that straight to his uncle and Coach Dennison. And they just kind of looked at me like, did he just really say that to me? <laughs> and then uh, the game carried on. But it, it kind of froze him in his steps. He was freaking out. And I just kind of said that. And not yep. not too many times did I have the courage to say anything like that to Coach Dennison. But it kind of came out at that moment. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have Coach Zunkel and Murray and Coach Russell on together later on. Awesome. So they've got some good ones, too, I bet. Um, talk about here before I let you go, of course, you know, a very proud moment of Brian's was when he won state that year, Yep. 2012, he was so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, take us through, you know, your relationship with him and winning that game and just the joy of all that. Yeah, it was, uh, there's a lot that led up to that game and that, that whole season was just kind of a, Hard to think. I know Coach Dennison said it, or Coach Dunkel said it in our our pep rally after we came back, after we won the whole thing. It's hard to be that perfect all year, but that season yeah. just seems so perfect in general. Yeah. Um, and it was just a, a joy to be a part of, and having the relationship with Coach Dennison all the way through that we had uh, while I played there was something that was really special, and I'll never forget. Uh, kind of gives me chills, and it's a little hard to talk about, but uh, when we took that last knee on George Pratt, when we won the semifinal game, took the knee, time ran out. We knew we were headed to Champaign, and I look over to the sideline, and Coach Dennison has both fists in the air. Yeah. Um, just kind of as if to say, we did it. We made it. And uh, handed the ball to the ref, went over. First thing I did was give him a big hug, and I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good was, season. Uh, and then uh, going to the state game, it was a nail-biter all the way through. And oh, yes. Again, Kind of the last play was Belleville Altoff had the ball at the end of regulation. They kind of run the old hook and ladder play. And I remember Coach Dennis and I were literally both bent over at the waist on the sideline just watching <laughs> it all take place. There's nothing and you could finally, do. Finally, time ran out. You know, we got the guys down and we just kind of looked at each other, gave each other a hug, and then the whole celebration took place. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that whole season was just incredible, honestly. Because really – you weren't supposed to beat Rockford Lutheran, no. you know, and you just beat the tar out of that running back. It's one of my yeah. favorite games to go back and watch. And then you sure as heck weren't supposed to win at state. Yeah. And you did. And it was just through hard work and being at the right place, at the right time and good coaching and good players mm-hmm. got you through that. Absolutely. I mean, that Rockford Lutheran game, we, uh, this, our group of guys, we were kind of naive at the time. You know, you play in the LTC all year. The competition's not the best. You get into the playoffs, you win the first round, and you're thinking, all right, we yeah. can probably roll roll with this thing. Then you see the score of the Rockford-Lutheran game against Rockridge <laughs> the week before, and you get a little nervous. Yeah. But you're still kind of thinking, we've been fine all year, haven't lost a game. And looking back, seeing what they they had in James Robinson and their whole, their whole team, really. I mean, there was multiple guys that went on from that Rockford-Lutheran team to play college football and so just looking back on that is is a feat in and, in and of itself. And then you look at the Belleville game, 
they played five and six eight teams all year so mm-hmm. yeah really special ride for all of us and all the coaches that was great so great um let me ask you one more question and i'll let you go you have helped out coaching here at mercer county a little bit can you feel any of mr dennison in your coaching style as you teach other children <laughs> your football knowledge do you think any of that bled through to you I think so. I, I, some of the things, you know, I picked up on when he coached me or some of the things he was particular about when he coached quarterbacks, it, you know, it's, it's worn off over me on, or on me over time. Uh, Cause when you get down to my, like when I got down to Monmouth, there wasn't really a whole lot of individual drill work. It was all teamwork and running mm-hmm. plays and all that type of stuff. Um, so like all of his just little off the wall quarterback drills and stuff like that. I carried down to Monmouth and then I carried back here when I came back to coach. So, um, I, yeah, I can definitely see his coaching style in me a little bit. Um, I, I do think I would have a long ways to go to get some <laughs> coach. He was, at, though. he was, he was incredible at what he, what he did. He's a mastermind, you yeah. know, calling an offense. So, yeah, that's well, that's good. We hope that you stick around and, and, and coach and help the kids here in town too. We, we really, are proud of you and what you've done and uh it's guys like you that make it keep going you know what i'm saying for sure yeah it was i had to take a step away this year with uh sure our daughter being born right pretty early here and then uh i never got back into it once the season got rolling but i hope to be back on the sidelines before too long well that's great well tanner thank you so much for making time for us today um hopefully you can come down on january 21st because they're doing that thing for brian dennison on january 21st and that's going to start at five o'clock there's a little remembrance for him and then it'll be going during the game at seven or seven twenty so we hope to see you down here okay yes sir i will be there all right thanks tanner you take care all right thanks rusty yep All right, on with another segment of Remembering Brian Dennison. Uh, again, this is Rusty Ruggles putting us all together, and we're having a good time. And we've got what a crew do we have here now? We have in person, we have Dustin Murray. Dustin, how are you? Good, how are you guys? Eric Russell, how is it going? It's going good. And we have Nat Zunkel driving across the state of Illinois. Nat, how's it going? Hey, fellas, how are you? <laughs> Nat and everybody else, thanks for making time. We had to reschedule because somebody's got a busy schedule, apparently. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> yes, you living do. Dream, That's good. I'm glad you're living the dream. All right, so we know that, Nat, you started coaching in 2009 at Mercer County. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, and so then Dustin, Eric, you were here the whole time in yes. a different capacity, whether it's right. eighth grade football or yep. helping out at the games in the, in the booth. You were always doing something. Yep. Okay, yep. and then Dustin, you came in 2011. Is that what you said? Yeah, I came in the fall. I student taught in the fall to, or the spring of 2011, and then fall 2011, I got hired full time. Yeah. So Nat, take me uh, talk a little bit about because your first year, Brian didn't coach on the staff. It was the second year, right? Right. So that first year, he hired me, and he kind of walked me through hand in hand with that whole Coley Walter deal uh, when when that was on again, off again. But, wasn't sure what was happening. And, uh, it was, uh, we were talking almost every day then. So I do right away. We'd be pretty good friends. And, uh, from that point, uh, you know, that first year he didn't coach. And then the next year, the offensive coordinator, uh, that was Brett Lee went to Sherrard 
and um, we did off from there and had some really solid teams. And Brian was the OC then, and it was just awesome. That was Austin Skiles' senior year was Brian's first year coaching. For oh, yeah. Okay, so when all of you guys were coaching together, mm-hmm. Nat ran the defense, mm-hmm. yes. right? You were special teams. Special teams coordinator. You might have gotten fired a few times during that time. During You mean <laughs> fired a few times during the game, yeah. multiple <laughs> games, right? And then you were in the booth. Yes, I was up in a booth, headsets with, with uh, Coach uncle there, working with the defense. I've always wondered. I'd always like to have another headset on just to listen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we can talk about that on this podcast. And then, and then individual stuff, I worked with the running backs. And, okay. And, like, uh, uh, defensive backs. Yeah, because you played. Yep. It was good. Awesome. Eric was missing positivity in the headset. Yeah. He always knew the right thing to say to calm me down with very little things. But um, he had a really good head about him up there. Never got too emotional with anything in the game. You know, <laughs> Coach Dennis was a pretty emotional guy. I'm a pretty emotional guy. And, you know, it's good to have somebody who was even keel and not having heart issues (laughs) but that's not a very good i mean to have the two of you on the sidelines john on those refs all the time that might not be the best combo it was a challenge for the refs i'm sure yeah Um, (laughs) but you know coach jennison left most of the chewing to me so that was good that was good tell me about brian's knowledge of the offense that you ran right so um, I, I said this to, to Jim Taylor the other day, and it, it just what a tribute to him as a as a, as a football mind, just knowing what was right, when to run it, and and how things were going to pan out. Um, a perfect example: go back to that Amboy game, and we were losing that game by two scores with like seven minutes left, and Brian ran he ran fifty eight wraps, mm-hmm. and that was one of our bread and butter plays. And then I asked him, I said, what are you going to run? He's going to run again right now. I'm like, why? And he said, because they can't defend it. Watch. And then Devin Morford stood up the sideline and scored right then. Yeah. So nobody else saw that. You know, people didn't see what mm-hmm. you could see. And, Absolutely. And that's okay. You know, I mean, it's not everybody can be kind of a, a football genius, but that was what we kind of looked at him as, as, a, as a coach, you know. And – just the fact that he had to redesign offenses week in and week out, you know, especially for that 2012 team, we were so special. We had to keep the kids interested. So we, you know, he throws new stuff at him every week. Why? We could have run one play and beat every team by 80 points yeah. that year, but he would change it every single week just to keep the kids interested. And then, you know, the results spoke for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really what an awesome train he was as far as football was concerned. And it was just really encouraging to have him on our staff and he really knew what it really knew what it was that made us go when you're on the headset eric would he is he open to suggestions sometimes or did he get pretty set in his ways um brian kind of did things brian's way he, you know so he he would uh when he did question you know like uh what are you seeing up there yeah you know i had to have an answer yeah and uh i'd give him a good answer to it and of course he might not run the play that we mm-hmm. suggested for a while, but then when he did, then he he made for sure it was either a good call or a bad call <laughs> on a spotters. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, most most of the time for me though, you know, I I was mostly focused on defense. Um, Coach Brian Adams in right. twelve was up on yeah. was up on top with uh, Coach uh, with Coach Dennison. Right. As a young guy, Dustin, you're young. Yeah. 
man, did I soak up all that stuff. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, I look back now as heck, I've been here 11 years now. And and you think about what Brian knew more in his pinky than I can ever want to know as a coach. He knew what to call next. He knew how, you know, Hey, if they're going to do this, this is what's going to happen. Um, and actually in 12 in that, and Coach Zunkel, I think you remember this. I was on the scout team defense holding the scout cards for defense. Brian would draw a new set of scout cards every day for practice about what yeah. what he thought their defense was going to do. And, you know, he just – and we'd get into a game and the kids would be like, Coach, they're, they're doing what they did in practice. And it's like it was a tribute to Brian that he yeah. knew, hey, this is what they're going to do defensively. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to counter it offensively. And, you know, I came from an 0-9 team – my first year coaching at Monmouth Roseville, I came up here and I remember Coach Dennison saying something. He goes, well, watch out. He goes, if we don't win a state title, he goes, we're going to have trouble. <laughs> and I'm like, ha, 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 I laughed, you know. And then it was like, we go to the first game and actually, <laughs> remember that first game, Coach Zunkel? Uh, I coached against Anawan Weathersfield. My first game, they ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. And we were down 7 nothing. Yeah. and I'm like, holy crap. And someone, and I remember Coach Adams in the headset going, hey, watch this. And it was like bang, 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 bang. You know, it was like Brian knew exactly what to call. The next thing I know, we're winning 47 nothing. It's halftime. And he's like, okay, we got to figure out where we're going to move dudes and who's going to play in the second half. Yeah. You know, and it was awesome just to sit as a young coach. And Coach Dennison actually, oh, in 13, 14, he, he's like, hey, you're going to learn how to signal in the offense. He's like, you create the hand signals, you're going to figure it out. And I did. And, and that was how I learned the offense. Yeah. You know, because there was so much in Brian's offense. Mm-hmm. And I just got to sit back and learn and heck now I can, you know, Hey, you know, we're going to run. <laughs> it's funny. Coach's uncle text me. Hey, what did, what did coach Dennison call that play ball ball? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, that was, we called it wham or something, you know, something like that. And he'd be like, Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I remember that now. Matt, did he script plays like before? Yeah. So we put in, he always had a general idea of what he wanted to run. I, I would I would characterize him more as a feel type of coach. He needed to feel what was going on during the game in order to call the right play. You know, he always had – I mean, his play sheet was a mile long, but what we would ra- really run in games was probably between 10 and 15 different plays. But the formations is where it, it was really special. Um, I can remember playing United um, in – I think it was Edgar Bretson's last year – and they scripted a film of us, and we had we had run seventy five different plays and seventy four different formations. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. It's funny you talk about that, Coach Uncle. So, Coach Lucas, who was down yeah. there, is now up here coaching with us, and he, he's teaching over in the ag right. building. And he said, he goes, you know, I never understood. He goes, Brian was the hardest guy to scout against. He goes, because you'd run the same thing and it'd be in a different formation, and why? And still to this day, Coach Lucas is like. Why do you need that tag? Like, well, because it makes you think differently. You know, it makes it, it can be right. one simple. Brian was all about let's window dress it and run the same thing. How can we run the same thing with a bunch of different formations? Yeah. And Brian was just so good. You know, one word, he'd be like, hey, we're going to have this sentence and he, hey, we're going to up tag this. Mm-hmm. And all it means is fullback lines up to a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just to make them think about it a little bit. Just to be like, all yeah. of a sudden now the defense like, it's a new formation. How are we going to adjust to this? Yeah. We could seriously, this could be a two hour podcast. Oh, it could easily, you know, and maybe someday it will, you know. But Nat obviously doesn't have that long of a drive. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about 2012 real quick Mm -hmm. and how special of a season that was. 
um, one of our segments with Tanner Matlick was really good interview and talked about his relationship with Brian and how important he was. That team to me, you know, there are a lot of games there you weren't supposed to win down the line. And, you know, you talk about when Rockford Lutheran came in and remember how early they showed up that day? Yeah. They Mm -hmm. were here at like 10 o'clock and we. About the start time of the game. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And we pounded on that Robinson kid. And in that second half, he didn't want to run at all, Mm -mm. you know, and that was a special game. You know, yeah. um, okay. So you talk about that game, and I think there's a great Coach Dennison story in that game. So we get everything set up. We're on the field. We're getting things ready, and we go. Up, I think somebody went up to the press box, and Rockford Lutheran is like yeah. spread out that, all that along would be the press me. box. I was, was up there. You? They were sitting in my yeah. chairs <laughs> with about ten young guys, and I, I, I went back down to the field, and <laughs> I didn't want to involve Coach's uncle and tell him, but. Maybe I should have told him instead of Coach Dennison. <laughs> I told Coach Dennison, and uh, he took care of it real quick. Yeah. And I, I just remember one of their assistant coaches, like, Brian's like, you can't be up there. That's your crow's nest. He pointed with the old side. Remember we had the old, quote-unquote, deer stand on the visitor side? Was it still there then? No, yeah. it would have been. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because we didn't get the bleachers or anything until yeah. a couple years mm-hmm. after. And I remember the guy going, I want you to look me in the face and tell me we're not allowed up there. And Brian goes, fine. And he looks him right in the eye, and he goes, you're not allowed up there. And the guy looks at him and goes, thank you. And he storms off and Brian goes, that's how you do it. It was, it was great. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, Coach Zunkel, like that game was a big yeah. one. And, you know, talk a little bit about the state game. We're at Champaign and here we are again w- with our backs against the yeah. wall. You know, you, you talked about a hundred times, but that was a pretty special day. Yeah. You know, I, I go back to the weather. The weather was a great equalizer in that game because we were warming up. You know, what an awesome feeling that is. You're warming up for a state title game, and then you see uh, Belleville, Elton, walk yeah. in, and it's like, oh, my God. They're huge. They're yes. they enormous. Yeah. so physically outmatched in that game. And, you know, we had Mason Weeks, who was a sophomore, starting against their big nose tackle, ended up playing Mm -hmm. at the University of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was just, it was an awesome, awesome tribute to our kids that they didn't shy away from it, you know. You know, they could have easily tucked tail and run at that point. You know, I remember, you know, the first play was stretch, right? So Mm -hmm. after the first play, Brian says, we'll be fine. Now, (laughs) you know, that was... We were in pro I, uh, pro left forty five stretch. One of the things that you were not supposed to say to me was, "We'll be fine." Yeah, <laughs> you never said that on the headset. We're, we're fine. That's and fine. And then, fortunate for everybody else, the headsets went out except for one headset that game. Mm-hmm. And oh, so geez. Brian called a really good game, and we did what we had to do to win, right? Yep. I oh, mean, man. we scored on the most basic play that we run, which was thirty six down. Yep. Mm-hmm. And. Jesse and Snyder. Devin Morford scored on the interception. That was it. There was, what, 9, 10, 11, 12 turnovers in that game. Mm-hmm. And it was freezing. And it was – the conditions were just terrible. Uh, and But we did it, right? And so going up to that – funny story about that week, going up to the game plan. So everybody hated Caldo Alcock, right? Mm-hmm. So we had every single game film that they played through the entire year. People mm-hmm. didn't even call us and say, hey, let's send it in film. They yeah. just show up? Just show, just show up. Every single, every, all 
13 games prior to the state title game, we had every film and it would just show up and, you know, you're sending emails, hey, thanks, hey, thanks, hey, thanks, hey, thanks. But we had so much information on them. We knew what they were running before they did. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, planning for that game, planning for that week, it was awesome. Yeah, we did some special things that year. Yeah, you really did. And I – most importantly, we were 2-2 two two on PATs, baby. <laughs> Monta, Monta was perfect that day. Oh God, he's got to get that in. That's to. good. All right, but real quick, there's okay. a Brian story about the state game. So everybody's getting ready. We're going to warm up in the indoor, and all of a sudden, uh, Zach Nelson comes out to me and goes, "Coach Murray, where's the equipment bag?" I'm Uh-oh. like, "Buddy, it's outside. Why? Uh, do we have any extra cleats?" I'm like, "Zach, did you seriously forget your cleats?" He goes, "No, Carl did." And I'm like, "Oh man." Carl's got cowboy boots on <laughs> and and we all like a couple of us were standing there we're all like nobody says a so word to Brian yeah. yeah and I so I went out and I found Monica because Monica was a trainer for us I'm like Monica that doesn't Carl doesn't have his cleats blah blah I said we got somebody's got tennis shoes he's gonna wear we're not telling Brian she goes absolutely not she goes you know we just wanted Brian to focus on the game he would have you know because he was yeah. so intense yeah mm-hmm. you know one of the things you loved about him and so we get into the indoor and he's like looking and he's like, you could tell he's like starting to get a little agitated. And I'm like, Coach Jennison, don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. Worry about the game. He just looks at me and goes, all right, Murray. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been, yeah, yeah, throwing him off. A little I told bit. Carl, I was like, stay away from your dad. Just let him focus on the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've yeah, never seen. What's that, Where Matt? Carl's walking gym shoes <laughs> that's a, a nice reminder yeah i i've never yeah. seen brian so happy that winning that game oh it was you know after oh, yeah. the after the game the emo, I, there's a yeah I, there's you've seen videos and there's i want to say all of us coaches on the field they're just standing there and we're hugging in that yeah. and you mm-hmm. can just you know it was just yeah the most you know granted outside of having kids and, and getting married it, it was it was honestly one of the happiest days of my life it mm-hmm. was the best day of a coaching football in my life for sure so far and he wasn't a hugger no, mm, yeah, no, no. He's almost not as hugger big as Nat. Nat's yeah. not a hugger either. <laughs> I'm a hugger now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that day I had this student teacher kid, and we're in a meeting, and he comes up, and he puts his hands on Nat, and he goes, "Hey, how's it going?" And he walks down the hallway, and Nat looks at me and goes, "You tell your student teacher he touches me again, I'm going to kill him." <laughs> um, Let's see here. That's right. I remember that one. Yeah, that guy was a piece of work. I taught him everything you do. Oh, boy. Um, let's see here. I We've got so many stories here. Going over to Nats after a game uh-huh. was a fun thing to do. There was always some uh-huh. food, and we'd go over and watch the game film, and I was so honored to be invited. That was great. I always teased that I was probably the only band director <laughs> invited. So, Nat, again, thank you for that because those are good times. But I think about those. Yeah. We'd, we'd all relax and kind of hang out, and Brian, Brian would get worked up watching the film because yeah. it was already he was oh, already yeah. in his coaching mindset of, oh my god, we didn't block it. Oh, we should have blocked down on this guy, and it was like we, we could have won the games forty to nothing, you know, on these games. I mean, yeah. where we actually did win big, and oh, he, yeah. and he was just like, oh, he'd do that big sigh, and yeah. then he'd say, we we can't do anything right, yeah. you know. He was so perfectionist so like bad. that. Yeah, yes. yeah, oh yeah. And there wasn't, they, we would stay late sometimes, you know, but you'd watch the game and then you'd go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you'd, you guys would then get together on Sunday again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And yep. start working. Now, do you guys remember the time that I drove Randall's RV to go pick up the game tape? I don't know if you were with us, Eric. Do you, or were uh, you? 
wasn't no, no. I always because I had lunch with Brian every day and I always would talk about man I really like to have an RV right and he's like hey right. you want to drive my dad's RV and go pick up this <laughs> we had to go to La Salle Peru and I think it was uh start with a C help me out Clifton Central yes Clifton Central yep. yeah and he goes if we take that we can watch the tape while you're driving on the way home mm-hmm. and I'm like okay and in my head I'm thinking God something this <laughs> i was gonna it's just like a car man just go you're good and i was so nervous i mean i was it was pucker time all the way on 80 because then there was construction oh boy and it was just one lane and i was barely you look down and oof. but we got back without any injuries it's funny you talk about game film <laughs> and that you're gonna start rolling on this so my first year we're playing el paso gridley so we're at brian's house on the playoff party we always went to coach Simpson's house had a big you know smorgasbord meal mm-hmm. You know, Brian would smoke and, and cook everything, you know, because the guy could smoke meat like nobody's business. But, you know, the next day, Nat calls El Paso. They figure out where they're meeting. I think it was Marquette Heights, which I don't think <laughs> technically exists anymore or did exist <laughs> at one point. But I, I think Nat, I think Nat and Brian gotten, <laughs> was right it in your minivan, Nat? It was. <laughs> <laughs> See, Nat knows what I'm talking about. And I yeah. swear. They tell us when we get back, and, like, Brian is just, like, rolling. And it's like, what's going on? And Nat, is, they're just dying laughing. And Brian goes, I get in the car, and Nat looks at me and goes, I had a dream we died last night going on this trip. <laughs> so I guess they're driving, and Brian's like, yeah, and Nat's merging on the interstate. Here's a semi coming. And I'm looking, and I'm looking. He goes, and I'm slamming my driver's head brake. He goes, and Nat's like, we're fine. He's like, we almost did die. He, it almost came true. Yeah. Oh, here you go, guys. Talk uh, some good. <laughs> uh, funny, funny story. So, two. I got two of them for you. One of the best things about being on the headset with Brian is when we when the when game was won, and it was you didn't save it for the playoffs. Well, when the game was won, he would say in the headset, "Good job, men." That's exactly right. Come down. Absolutely. And that was something. Mm-hmm. That was just something I always looked forward to. And it was just awesome. Or when uh, we scored, or when we scored, he'd be boom, <laughs> real loud in the headset. Yeah, boom, boom. Yeah, and then um, in uh, 2013, when we were struggling a little bit early versus West Central. So West Central, you know, is, is terrible, right? And we're <laughs> the score of that game was 21 to nothing with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and we had. Third and ten on about the twenty yard line. A waggle, play action pass for a touchdown. Pro right so two forty three waggle. I'm not sure. I don't remember who scored it. It was probably Nichols or something like that. But it was awesome. And Brian is just sitting there laughing. And I'm like, "What are you laughing at?" He, he points over to the other sideline, and Roger Kerfoot is going freaking nuts on their sideline that we threw a touchdown pass with 10 minutes to go in the game and i'm like what is the deal and he's like well i guess he didn't like that very much so <laughs> end of the game right Shaking oh, hands. yeah i know that's well what roger kerfoot has something really smart to say to me i don't know something like you shouldn't have thrown that touchdown pass mm-hmm. so me being of sound mind body and spirit told roger to kiss my ass <laughs> And so then Roger said something smart because I'm hot, right? Mm-hmm. Roger said something smart after that. 
And Brian said, if you don't like it, get better. And Roger Kerfoot went as he lost crazy. I threatened to fight the I'm camera guy. Jeff Simpson saved me probably from beating the crap out of that guy. <laughs> the, be- awesome. the best part about that is. Uh-huh. The best yeah. part, don't forget the part, Coach Uncle, because the best part there was Kerfoot couldn't even call Nat by his real name. Called him Nate. Oh, yeah. So that didn't better. help in the whole thing. But then I think, wasn't one of Brian's cousins an assistant coach for West Central? Somebody was related to? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, when we Before we got together here, Nat, we were talking about how particular of an eater Brian was. Like he wasn't a big fan of potlucks, even though he liked to throw them. Obviously, we've talked about it a lot in these segments. Um, Eric, were you, when you guys would go down to the coaches' clinic, mm-hmm. you know, Eric, do you want to tell us a little bit about Meatheads when he ran? Oh, into the- that was that was a really funny story. We so <laughs> us coaches staff down at the coaches' clinic in Champaign, we we went to Meatheads and uh, got great burgers, great hot dogs, what have you, <laughs> and we sat down and and Brian's picky. Everything's got to be just right, and he. Mm-hmm wanted a hot dog and I believe he ketchup only or something like that or, or no ketchup one thing or another. But anyway, you don't do things wrong when Brian says it. And, uh, of course they brought all of our food and I think his was like the last one that they actually brought to and they sat it down and he was hungry. And when they sat it down, he's ready to look into it and he looks at that hot dog and they had messed it up. They they put, they put like everything on it (laughs) and he, and he, he just said, looked at it, and he just, nope, nope, take it back. I don't want it. <laughs> and, and they were looking at him like, uh, what's wrong, sir? And he goes, I, I specifically told you to do this, and you didn't. You got it wrong. I'm never eating here again. Take it back, you know. <laughs> and they say, you know, the manager's coming out and offering free coupons and everything else for free meals. And he goes, no. You know, it's just the principle that he, he wanted his he money wanted back. It, he wanted his money back. I think he had filled up his soda. And drank that. And he goes, no, I'll pay you for this. And they're like, oh, no, sir, you don't have to pay for that. We messed up. He goes, no, I'm going to pay you for this because I drank it. But I am not. And and the funny thing is, you know, Coach Osmond is, you know, he's Mm -hmm. a big, healthy eater. And he he was just (laughs) drooling seeing all those free coupon for food, for meals. And uh, it was was funny. I used to joke with Brian because he'd have issues with places in town. I said, you keep that up, man. You're not going to have any place to eat in the county. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, because he was very particular. Mm-hmm. What was the story you told before you came? You have something, don't you, yeah. Justin? So, Coach Zunkel, we go out. It was Brian's birthday, and Coach Zunkel and I had to work a basketball game. And Brian and Brian said, you guys come on out after the game. And I remember we were doing something, and Coach Zunkel can eat hot stuff. And I remember him looking at Brian and saying, there's nothing you can't make me that I can't eat. <laughs> it's like 11 o'clock at night and Brian starts digging in the freezer. And we're like, what are you doing? You know, it's like challenge accepted. And he goes, challenge accepted. And he gets out Schwann's like popcorn chicken. And all of a sudden he goes up to the kitchen and he's making it. And we're like, what is he doing? He comes down with this plate. And some I remember homemade sauce, on homemade it. sauce. And I think I swear Nat, you ate some, but I could like, there was tears coming out of his eyes. It was super hot. Yeah. Oh. That's pretty bad. He, he handed that to me and he said, here you go, big talker. <laughs> big and talker. That was, yeah, I tried to. I tried to stomach it. I was miserable for days. He won. That's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, fun stuff. Oh. We can't tell this story here, but and that and I share uh, an experience of getting stuck out by Brian's house in consecutive weekends, <laughs> yes. and having to be pulled out with a tracker. 
right? You were after yeah. me. I went ahead and set the stage and then you did it again. Well, you know, when you were coming home from Brian's house, there was that turnoff that wasn't really a turnoff. Yeah. It looked like you were going on the right thing, going right straight into a cornfield. Yeah, I missed it. I was probably overserved at that point. But, yeah. Oh, good times. Man. Well, listen. The stories. The co- it, we could keep know, going. You could go oh, for yeah. hours talking about, you know, the, the things he did. But, man, Coach Dennison's influence, Yeah, you know, on, on all of us, on the school, on the community, the guy – the guy taught me one thing specifically that I always remember and it's pride in school. Yeah. You know, Brian had so much pride for Alito for Mercer County, you know, and he would never wear Alito stuff after we changed no. consolidated because right. he said, we're Mercer County, Yep. you know, and, and I remember one of his biggest things were just different, you know, it's different here. Mm-hmm. And I remember him telling a, a story to the team about how when you put on a Mercer County thing, it's just different. You know, and, and that will always resonate with me is the pride in school and, and that that he had for us. And gosh dang it, I'm going to get emotional because well, the guy meant a lot to and me. And all the work he put in on that consolidation, and I know that these people mm-hmm. on these segments, I've said it a hundred times, he was doing all that stuff, ordering all that stuff, making sure it was right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there and people complaining at him the whole time, you know, because that was a rough time, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, he was the perfect guy to do it because he was a Westmore grad. You know, now mm-hmm. we're mixing, we want this to be together mm-hmm. and, you know, and thank God we did it, mm-hmm. you know, cause it all, we're in, we're in a better place for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's super influential for sure. All right. Well, listen, Nat, do you have anything else before we go? Man, that was awesome. It's always good to talk to you guys. Hey, go Eagles. <laughs> yeah, go. All right. Well, listen, this is uh, the last segment. I don't know if it's going to be last. I don't know. We'll see how it ranks in there. We're going to put this out tomorrow, which will be Thursday, January the 20th. Remember that Brian's Hall of Fame induction is on the 21st with the celebration of life beforehand in the library from 5 to 7. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, folks, that will conclude our Remembering Brian Dennison podcast. And uh, we're so glad that you joined us. And it turned out longer than I thought. Um, you know, you get to telling some of these stories and uh, it just runs long. And I, and I appreciate that. I'm glad. I want to thank everybody who was involved in taking the time to do it. Again, his uh, Hall of Fame induction is January 21st on Friday and the celebration of life is beforehand in the library from five o'clock to seven. So please come down and see the family and then go out and celebrate uh, his hall of fame induction. Um, I want to let everybody know too, that, you know, we've told a lot of stories on this podcast, many of the stories we can't say on, on the air. So if you see us around on town and you want to hear a couple, uh, we'd be more than happy to tell you. Um, Because they're good ones too. So, again, thank you. And uh, this is Remembering Brian Dennison.